Welcome to Fly Cool Shit, the show where Jeff Petro and Mark Pollard talk about aerobatics, unique airplanes, aviation news, and so much more. Hey pilot, you're cleared to enter the box. Smoke on. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Fly Cool Shit. I'm Mark. And I'm Jeff. And it is 70 degrees where I live. It's amazing. No, it's not. Hold on. Let me get my weather app. Did you move? Did you move? You moved to California. (laughs) I'm lying. It felt like 70. It's 62. I guess when you go from sub-zero to 62 degrees, it feels like you're in a heat wave. But (laughs) That's shorts weather. (laughs) Yeah. My mood is increasingly better. I'm not depressed. I, um, I came out of my room like Howard Hughes. You know, with all the piss jars and long fingernails. And um, there we go. Just enjoying life. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we've we've essentially swapped weather. It was beautiful, sunny, warm shorts weather in in, uh, Northern California. And then now it's like, I mean, it's not it's not like cold. It's 57 degrees, but it's like it's a little, you know, we're kind of back to like the normal weather, I guess, for April. Uh, But we were getting spoiled there with some like, you know, 75 degree days. It was super nice going out and flying the extra. Uh, with shorts on in April. I'm not even like listening to you. I hate to say it. I'm just so excited for our guest. I, I don't know why let's, I said that out loud. <laughs> was that mean? Let's do it. I didn't mean to be mean. <laughs> y- you know what? It was mean to me, but very kind to our guest. I'm I'm super excited too, man. It's uh it's a first <laughs> for the podcast, right? Our first well, you made, you uh, made us military. wait for a half an hour. I mean, getting on this thing. I did. I know. I had last minute. Com- Dude, it's been a hell of a day. You know what? You uh, deserve that comment. Uh, none of it's... Re- <laughs> uh Jeff Jeff texted the the group uh that he wants um our guests to uh carpet bomb the house and I, I feel like that's a little offensive but you know what I'll take it because I kind of deserve it. I also gave an aerial view um, where you live just to make sure it's accurate. You did. You like you, you yeah, you you provided the Google Maps. I, that's probably what we we should ask him what what he actually needs to to you know uh get get on a target uh but I'm pretty sure it's not a Google Maps screenshot. Um <laughs> we have uh Captain Hayden Fulham Gator from the U.S. Air Force A-10 Thunderbolt demonstration team. What's up, Gator? Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? Man, it's it's, it's going pretty well. It's, it's going now. It's going now. You know, computer's working again. That's right. Um, yeah, I had some good computer to see. trouble earlier. Yeah, just to answer yeah, your question yeah. earlier, I, I would have no problem finding finding your house off the Google image. That would that'd be just fine. We should that, test that it out. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could okay. action on that. I don't believe you. I think we Sweet. should just make sure it works. <laughs> just make sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Bet>. <laughs> it would be a cool way to go just to hear the bird and then that's it. Actually, you wouldn't hear it. Uh, it, it. You'd have to hear it after, which wouldn't work. But um, yeah, that's awesome. Well, we're super excited to have you on because you're our first military demonstration pilot to, to come on the podcast. And we have uh, just a barrage of questions and uh, are super excited to talk to you. So thank you for coming on. Man, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, I hope I got a lot of answers for you. I, uh, yeah, I've, I've listened to your guys' podcast before, and uh, it's yeah. pretty cool to be in um, to be in good company with guys like Rob Holland, Mike Goulian, Skip Stewart, and those dudes. And so um, it makes me sound a lot cooler than I actually am to be like Rob Holland, who uh, who helped set this up. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm uh, I'm really excited to be here. Awesome, man! We're excited oh, we're, to have you. We're happy. We, we hope we don't fuck this one up because uh, we love to get yeah, we will. Them, all the uh, Air Force demo guys on. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, tell us a little bit about the A10 demo team structure. So, I um, I'll, I'll I'll 
uh, add the disclosure before um, I or before we continue, I, I was fortunate enough to be a plane captain on the F-18 West uh, demo team for the Navy. So I, I know a little bit about demo teams, um, single ship demo teams, but I'm, I'm super curious to see some of the differences between, you know, uh, you know, different branches and how they set up their demonstration teams. Like how, how does it, how does somebody apply and be selected to be a demo pilot? Yeah, no, that's awesome. I didn't realize you're part of the F-18 West team uh, before, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's really, really cool. It's a really unique experience. Um, yeah. And just, as you said there, it's a completely selective process to be, uh, to be involved in the team in any capacity. So, uh, so me as the demonstration pilot, um, as most things in the military, you know, a little dumb luck and timing, uh, was involved as well. Just me being in the right place at the right time, uh, being stationed here at Davis Monthan in Tucson, where the team's based out of, uh, the outgoing demo pilot, uh, major Wilton went by Shiv, uh, Shiv was on his way out and retiring. Uh, and so I was kind of in a good spot, um, or just kind of teed up for success to kind of, to take over for him. But yeah, it was just a, it was a pretty simple application process and, uh, in an interview, um, uh, in order for me to, to apply and eventually get the job. And then for, for our maintainers, it's very similar. It's something, you know, that within, uh, within our maintenance unit here locally at Davis month, and we don't like PCS or, or, or move people from other bases to come out here to be part of the demo team. Uh, so we source from here locally, uh, on base, and then, uh, we open it up to our maintenance professionals. And basically, uh, they have the opportunity to apply interview for, for a a specific position on the team. Um, and then, so there, there's a, a somewhat of a formal hiring process there, but how the team's made up, uh, I'm the only pilot that's permanently assigned to the team. And I'm the only pilot that flies the demonstrations in the A-10. So kind of a cool, uh, one-off job there, uh, as far as military assignments go. Um, and then from there, we've got, uh, we've got 10 other members of the team. So nine maintenance, uh, nine maintenance, uh, folks from different, uh, different career fields. And then we have one public affairs, uh, public affairs NCO that takes care of all of our, all of our media stuff. Wow. it's a lot of structure. It's a whole thing. That is it's a, a whole thing. thing. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Whole real <laughs> thing. Yeah. Oh my God. What, so what was the date? Like when you found out you were going to be the, uh, the demo pilot for the A10 team, um, how did you find out? Did they call you or did they, uh, uh, send you a letter? Like, how does that work? No, it was not near as, uh, not near as formal or as cool, uh, as that might've been. I literally, uh, um, I was in the squadron one day, so I was, I was assigned to the 354th fighter squadron, uh, that again here at DM. So I was just in the operational A-10 squadron. Um, and I had interviewed for the job and it probably, it not that much time had gone by It may have been like two weeks or something like that. I don't remember exactly. Um, and then the operations group commander, who's ultimately it's the first, uh, 06 kind of in my chain of command. So a colonel. Um, who ultimately it was his decision on who becomes the next demonstration pilot, uh, just walked in and we have a bar in the squadron and I was just sitting in there and he like walks in the bar and he's like, all right, Gator, you got the job. And that was, oh my God. It. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty funny. So that is like, wild. Oh. Yeah. So I was like, okay, sweet. Thanks, sir. <laughs> and, uh, and here we are. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. that was so cool. It seems like laid back, but you know, we were, we were talking to one of our, um, our idols, Bobby Holly and. Is it true that you're not allowed to do? By the way, you have to pilot? tell him. You have to. You have to tell him that Bobby Holly is our nickname for Rob Holland. Oh, sorry, it's Rob Holland. Oh, that's so, a beautiful nickname. I love that. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, we heard. You know, we heard from him. He's like, "Oh, the Air Force won't let me take a photo shoot with the A10. It sucks." But I, I thought it was because you don't like him. And you just told uh, him that so you didn't have to fly with them. No, quite the opposite. Uh, <laughs> old, old Bobby, old Bobby, as you call him, is like one of the coolest dudes in the world. And uh, 
and he's 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 i tell him all the time he's like way too cool and way too accomplished of a pilot to just take like dumb idiots like me under kind of under his wing at air shows and and uh and and help me you know not do anything silly out there um but no so we are actively working to try and get that get that change because i would love nothing more than to be able to do a, a formation uh, photo shoot with him flying flying upside down off my wing or vice versa or something like that but oh, but yeah awesome. it, it is a uh it, it is a difficult process uh with the air force it's just anytime you're flying you know a jet that i don't own with a civilian performer no matter how accomplished uh or how renowned they may be as a guy like rob holland um, oh, there is funny. there's an awful lot of hoops to jump through to it to make it happen but we're going to try i'm going to try my best that is like bucket list item uh for this year on the team to see if we can't get something together do you ever see his you well, saw I remember his, that. his rudder right with the novel oh, yeah 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 that's what i literally told him before i was just going to take a picture on my phone of the rudder of his airplane and just submit that to the powers that be at the airport <laughs> I feel be like, like, and be like this guy's pretty good like we can yeah he's not the, bad yeah yeah the, i feel like he should just out. like he should just take everything off of his rudder and just is right i'm fucking amazing on it and then this that would save so much room and he can it, you know put more sponsors on it and just feel like i'm great <laughs> it would save room and you'd be able to read it from further away yeah yeah <laughs> he's amazing i do remember that though about um um because we would go to uh we go to fallon a lot and obviously do some you know joint branch stuff um air force marine navy um and then when the demo teams um obviously you know at the air shows everybody kind of collabs and gets together it was really interesting to see how the different branches handled um, restrictions and protocols and uh, do's and don'ts. And I always remember the air force being very, very restrictive and um, not, I guess not constrained, but um, very, very uh, linear set of rules to, yeah. to follow in terms of the demo and stuff. Yeah. You're not wrong at all. Kind of the, the common, uh, you know, common term or common joke you kind of hear is the air force always puts in writing what you're allowed to do. And if it's not written down, you can't do it where the Navy's the opposite. They just write down the things you're not allowed to do. And if it's not, there, yeah. you can do it. so, um, that, that's usually, that's usually what we go by. So yeah, it, it leads us to be, uh, fairly conservative, uh, in what we do, but it's all right. We still get to go out there and have a lot of fun and show off this airplane. So wait, you were, oh, yeah. you're, in, you're in a bar, you find out that you're going to be the A-10 demo pilot and now like you gotta because i'm assuming you never did low level air shows before so were you like were you excited or were you like oh shit like i gotta figure this one out yeah a little bit i I think i should have been a little more scared than i was at first uh i was just i was really pumped i mean it's so flying in air shows and doing low level aerobatics is just so far outside of what we train to do on a daily basis especially in a jet like the a10 um but as I started going through the upgrade and I was learning from Shiv uh, how our demonstration profile works and learning just air show terminology and the, kind of learning the language and understanding the community and what's all involved in it. Um, uh, yeah, I learned the more I learned, the more questions I had and the more questions I had, the more questions I had, you know, and so uh, it turned into it turned into a really, really cool and exciting thing. But uh, um, but yeah, it, it was a little nerve wracking at first because it's so far outside the norm of what we what we would typically do. And it's not like I'm going to some, um, uh, you know, t- taking nothing away from Shiv. He did an amazing job, uh, helping me understand and train me up, but it's not like we go to some civilian aerobatic training school, you know, or anything where, where folks are learning like high level competition aerobatics. Uh, you know, I'm not going and getting any of that. It's all just kind of in-house training. Um, so it was a really fun and exciting time, uh, to get spun up and get ready. That's for really cool. my first air show season. Yeah. And do you use like, 
like you have to fly a whole sequence, obviously. So do you have a sequence card or, or who helps you make the whole routine? Um, the previous uh, demo pilot. Yeah, exactly. So I do, I have three, uh, three different sequences and it's basically just limited by, by either time, time allotted in the show or by weather. So I just have a high, a, a low and a flat show. Um, that's, that's typically just weather dependent. Um, so if, as long as the weather allows for it, I pretty much always do a high show and it's just a rinse repeat, uh, every single time. Awesome. That's cool. That makes it nice and easy. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So there's not a ton of leeway for me to like add and change and, and, and modify, uh, the profile. It's just our, a full maneuvers package that gets the stamp of approval from the air force and from the FAA. And then that's what I take on the road. Nice. How often does that actually change that, that sequence or does it? Uh, it's, it's pretty rare. It's not, I mean, a lot of, I did a couple changes this past year, but it was, it's nothing that, um, anyone kind of outside, or honestly, anyone outside of me flying it would know it was, it was things just, uh, uh, just to kind of have the verbiage and what we do to be cleaner to what we're actually executing on the road. But the last time there was like a full up change in the profile was probably 20, 2012, something like that. Okay. Okay. But and I'm, is it, I'm, um, I'm working. Tell- no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying there, there's a couple, I have some ideas that hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be, uh, we'll be able to change here, here maybe next year. Inside tumble. Yeah. That, oh man. I asked Rob <laughs> if I could do it. No, uh, he didn't. He just kind of laughed at me and, uh, uh, and that, that was the end of that conversation. <laughs> that would be sweet. That would yeah, be it would be. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> Are they, so is the demo, uh, it, uh the, the sequence, uh, clearly it's, it, you know, your job is, it's a, you know, I'm, I don't want to speak for you, uh, clearly, but pretty much a demonstration tool to uh, obviously, you know, recruiting, demonstrate the A-10 capabilities and, and generate buzz for the air force. Um, how, how does that play into the, how it, uh, the sequence was created and how you guys fly it? Is it a pretty tactical style demo um, that is just to show the capabilities of what the A-10 could do for what it was meant to do, which was uh, fly combat missions. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, our ultimate goals out there is is to is a recruiting tool. Um, so we go out there doing our single ship demonstration. So we say it's a single ship combat capabilities demonstration. And the way I always tell people, hey, the, it'll show you how fast the jet can go, how slow it can go, how tight it can turn, how fast it can roll. It's just the max performance uh, of the A-10 outside of any weapons delivery. Um, a lot of what I do in the demonstration does not like perfectly relate to exactly what I would be doing in a tactical scenario, uh, flying with two or four, uh, four ship of A-10s and then integrating with other aircraft, but it just shows the maximum performance capability of the airplane, um, which is always fun. It's fun to go out and show it off because it's like this big, goofy 60 foot by 60 foot, you know, empty, it's 30,000 pounds. So, I mean, it's a huge airplane and you see this like big, yeah. goofy airplane, you go out there and, and, and it's always fun to surprise people how, fast it actually does roll how quick it can come how yeah. quick it can climb how tight a turn circle it actually flies the you know the turn rate and turn radius of it it's a pretty uh for what it is it's a it's a very uh, high performing airplane certainly you know on a completely different level uh of the hornet or something like that with your experience but um but yeah that's that you you nailed it that's the whole idea is to go out there and get get people excited about aviation get people especially the kids excited about jets and military aviation nice were you I always love i love it were you always going to fly the A-10? Is that what you always wanted to go into? Or um, like what led you down the path to go into the Warthog? Yeah, yeah. that's. I mean, I, I did from uh, really 
I was pretty dead set on it, uh, even in college, going through Air Force ROTC. Um, and then when I got to pilot training, I feel like I was a little more open minded when I got to pilot training of like, um, you know, we, we other than uh, basically the same thing as any other kid that's like going into this. You know, I'd, I'd seen the movies. I'd looked on Wikipedia and I've watched YouTube videos and that kind of thing. But that seemed like a pretty poor way to make like a very drastic life decision on what <laughs> aircraft I wanted to get fly. Um, so I tried to keep somewhat of an open mind. So I was like, ah, maybe I'll get there and I'll learn some stuff about some other uh, some other jets. And what did you go that way? What but, did you not want to go into? Like, what would have been uh, a nightmare? Uh, well, not, oh, man. Uh, a nightmare, like a, or, a nightmare. Kept you up night, like being like, like I hope they don't spot. Yeah, like a like a total nightmare would have been like the AWACS or J Stars or something like that. I didn't I didn't want anything to do with any of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, on the fighter side, I didn't have any desire to fly the F fifteen C. I didn't want to fly the Eagle. Um, I was pretty dead set. I, I was really uh, I was really attracted to the mission set of the A ten. So outside of even just the airplane and. Uh, you know, kind of the legendary status that the A-10 is kind of garnered for itself now. Um, I, I always just thought, like, I feel like I, you know, I'm, I'm just an old country boy, you know, grew up in North Georgia and stuff and like going, you know, outside and hunting and fishing and shooting guns and stuff. And I was like, that seems like an airplane that kind of uh, aligns with my personality a little bit. And then the more <laughs> yeah. I learned about the the mission and actually what what that jet's designed to do and what it goes out and does. And then what the, what the community like the A-10 and attack pilot community does and kind of the language we speak and the things we try and do. Uh, I was like, I, I very well, I very much aligned with that. So I was pretty excited about it. But yeah, on the fighter side, I didn't want to fly the F-15 C. Uh, that didn't appeal to me at all. Um, I was not, uh, I mean, looking back, people always ask if you fly any other fighter, what would it be? And I usually say, uh, I'd love to go fly the Raptor or the, as much as, uh, as much as your, or as hilarious as your username is on here. I would, I would like to go fly the Raptor at least one time. Um, but yeah, the kind of long story long to answer your question. Yes. I was always very, uh, very gung ho about flying the A-10. Awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And were you, and you were able to select it or, or, um, I am assuming it's, it's similar to, um, fighter selection in the Navy where basically top of the class gets fighters and then it goes from there. Yeah, you're exactly right. So it's, it's all performance based. So, uh, in my class, for instance, I think we had 20, there was like 23 of us that graduated in my class, uh, that made it through the program. And of those 23, uh, they, they rack and stack you, you know, number one to number 23. Yep. And then everyone fills out what we call a dream sheet. Um, so ours essentially had everything in the air force inventory at the time. And so say it was, I don't remember 18 aircraft. You would list those on your dream sheet. Number one to number 18. Gators then, was just like a 10, a 10, a 10. Yeah. Basically like top five was a 10. <laughs> and, then, and then we went from there. Uh, but then the the number one graduate gets their number one choice, uh, assuming it's available for for your uh, what we call your drop or like your assignment period. Um, so I was not number yeah. one in my class, but fortunately, no one above me wanted the A10 number one. Um, and I actually found out on my assignment, like my assignment night after I got my A10 assignment, uh, that was 2014. So kind of another peak in the, the A10s going away conversation for a while. And I actually had a uh, kind of an asterisk next to my assignment where I was going to go, if the A-10 did go away and I did not have uh, a training slot to go to the B course to learn to fly it, I was going to go fly F-16s out at Luke. Um, and I think the good okay. Lord every day that that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that the A-10s, the, 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 I say little airplane that could uh, not to make any mention of its size or, yeah. or performance or prowess, but it's like, <laughs> it's, it's been on the chopping block for decades. 
Yeah, it absolutely has. I always joke at air shows. It's, it's the people's airplane. Uh, everyone, everyone gets all excited when they see it. And, uh, and yeah, it, it just, it just won't go away. So, um, yeah, yeah. So and we're here to stay right now. The current conversation is like, uh, is till 2030. Uh, I doubt that'll be the full fleet of A-10s, but that's just Gator talking. That's based on literally nothing. Uh, but, um, yeah, 2030 is the current number that gets thrown around that you'll, you'll at least see A-10s flying up until then. I mean, obviously I without the gun in it, um, do you think it's ever going to be a civilian use, uh, airplane? Uh, I don't know. I, I would, that's a my good gut, question. My gut tells me no, but I don't know. There's, there's sillier things that have happened out there. It would just be not to say there, you know, there's, there's crazy people out there. It would just be such an astronomical undertaking. I would think to own and operate one. Um, yeah, but not to say, you know, there's shoot, there's a couple B 29s out flying around. So, you know, yeah, nothing, anything, anything's possible, I suppose. And you know, they, there was a, there was a move a couple years ago, to convert two of them to civilian use, um, to be basically be like hurricane hunters. Oh, okay. great. Actually, like it works for like ATAX oh. or something like that. Yeah. Zip I don't, I, I don't, I'm not super familiar with the program. Um, but yeah, there, there was two of them taken out of the boneyard, uh, here at DM that were going to be basically demilitarized and then given, I think it was the NOAA that was going to operate them or something like that. Um, oh, I, I'm wow. not super familiar with the whole program, but yeah. And then, uh, they, and they no joke had selected airplanes. As a matter of fact, one of the, one of the maintainers on my team went up to Hill air force base in Utah and was going to help with the initial, like he was physically there with the airplane and they were going to start demilitarizing, uh, the airplane pulling stuff apart. Um, and then I don't know whatever happened with that program actually. And why, why, why it never happened. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Kind of wild. Yeah, no, that's, that is wild. I would love to know, what a demilitarized A-10 would, would stick in the place of the gun. I mean, how much does the gun weigh? So when it's full of ammo, it weighs right at 4,000 pounds. Empty, it's about uh, about 2,000 pounds. Wow. Yeah, so it, so it would be Civic. Yeah, exactly. It'd be, it'd be pretty, <laughs> uh, just from an airplane standpoint, it'd be a pretty substantial like CG problem. If you pull the, pull the gun out of it, you could have, you'd have to find something really cool to put up there in its place. If you had, if yeah. you had a nickel for every time somebody mentioned the Gatling gun, how many millions of dollars would you have at this point? Oh my I would god! Have, I would have all of the dollars. <laughs> you would. Yeah. You'd have all the dollars. You could buy your own civilian A10. Yeah, I would probably be able to own and operate my own A10 at this point. Yeah, people yeah. people love the gun, <laughs> and I don't blame them. I love the gun too. Yeah. Um. All right. I have to ask. Uh, well, can you can you give us a brief? Can you give us the? How do I want to? How do I want to uh, label this? The. Uh, Sell me on the A10. Tell, can you give us some stats on the A10? Tell us a little bit about the A10 in general. I know so many people know the A10 already, but just tell us a little bit about the from a specification standpoint, the A10. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, yeah, I can nerd out on the A10 all you guys want. So feel free to to cut me off at any point. So oh, we love um, it. Yeah. So uh, the jet itself, built by Fairchild Republic, uh, and a, a lot of what it, a lot of the development of it came from lessons learned from Vietnam. Uh, and of course with the cold war, uh, but basically in Vietnam, we learned like, Hey, we don't have a good airplane outside of maybe the sky Raider, you know, the a one or, or some of the other things that they were using in their place. Like we don't have a really good airplane that's designed just for taking care of folks on the ground. So, uh, that's where a lot of the design elements of the a 10 came from. And if you talk to like Pierce spray and some of those legendary folks of the old fighter mafia, if you're familiar with any of that from kind of air force history, uh, they learned a lot from the student oh, yeah. dive 
the Stuka dive bombers from from uh, World War II. Uh, a lot of those design elements went into into the A10 as well. So, uh, wow, so it's that. it's it's got a really really cool kind of background how it came to be, and it it fills this weird niche that um, that never really fit with the Air Force. You know, kind of the Air Force pitcher and the Air Force uh, uh, lineup of their their fighters. So. Uh, it kind of is just in, it's this weird kind of redheaded stepchild, um, that's lived on for a long time. So originally they started, they, they originally developed them in the early seventies, like 1972 was the first time it flew. And then, uh, in operation by 77, uh, and then the newest jets that we have were built in 1982. So two of the demo jets that I take on the road all the time, we have three in total, two of them are 1981, uh, were built in 81. So there's some of the newest ones in the air force inventory and they're, they're over 40 years old now. That's and, awesome. uh, and God, that's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And the, the camo one that I fly, uh, that I try and fly most of our air shows in that has that Southeast Asia camouflage paint scheme on, it's got a little over 14,000 hours on it. So they're, they're used airplanes. Uh, they're well loved for sure. Um, well loved. Yeah. And, and we've had a number of upgrades over, over the years. So, I mean, big picture, the airframe itself has remained completely unchanged over the past 40 years. We've never gotten an engine upgrade. Uh, the airframe itself, other than uh, new wings on some of the airplanes, uh, the airframe itself is pretty much unchanged. Um, most of the, the main aircraft systems are completely unchanged, like hydraulic systems, electrical systems, uh, pneumatic systems, any of that stuff is all basically completely unchanged. It's the original airplanes that rolled off the line, uh, in Long Island, New York, you know, 40 years ago. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's a really, really well-built, really robust, really reliable airplane. It's frankly, it's really easy to fly. Um, there's a reason there's no, there's no two seaters. Uh, they only ever built one two seater, you know, back in the seventies. Um, and there's a reason there's no two seat trainers or anything. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a very forgiving, a very stable, uh, and a very easy airplane to fly. Uh, as far as like kind of the, I mean, I can go all through like the G whiz numbers about it and all that, or, uh, you know, wh- wh- whatever you guys want to hear about for sure. Hit us with it. Hit us. Yeah. With it. I yeah. Love so, it. all right, cool. So, yeah, I mean, uh, like I said before, the, the airplane's about 60 feet by 60 feet. It's a little less than that in both length and width, uh, and empty. It's a little under 30,000 pounds. Um, so it's, it's a very big, beefy airplane. Uh, it is awesome. Max takeoff weight's about 48,000 pounds and then our max in flight weight is 51,000 pounds. So, uh, we have 11 weapon stations on the airplane. You can carry 16,000 pounds of ordnance on it, um, which is more than a, a B-17 from World War II. So, I mean, it's literally an attack platform that carries more than a strategic bomber from World War II, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, so wow. you, yeah, you can carry a, a lot of, a lot of hate for sure. Um, the, <laughs> it, it, it'll carry basically anything in the air force inventory, uh, weapons wise, that's in the 500 or 2000 pound class of weapons. So we can carry 500, uh, and 2000 pound bombs that are unguided, laser guided, GPS guided, multiple variants of, uh, the Maverick, the AGM 65, which is a, a, uh, air to surface missile. We can carry the aim nine sidewinder. We can carry a bunch of different, uh, a bunch of different types of rockets, uh, cluster bombs, illumination flares. Uh, what else? Uh, man, we can carry all sorts of stuff. Um, and and they're they're actively upgrading a lot of the weapon systems uh, as we speak. We're we're soon to get the STB, which is the small diameter bomb, which is a 250 pound bomb that's got little wings on it and can fly a long long ways, uh, which is pretty cool. Which would be a, a cool capability for us. You and know, of course you and of course you got the gun. Yeah. So with the gun, I mean, the sound is amazing, but. 
Has there ever been any talks about putting blanks in there and shooting it off at an air show? Man, that is that has got to be the question I get most often. Really? Shows, is oh, yeah. Is I believe yeah, it. Yeah, no joke. Is like, are you guys going to shoot anything today? Or are you going to shoot blanks? Or someone telling me they were at an air show a couple years ago and the A10 was out there shooting blanks, which I try and kindly remind them that that's absolutely not true. But, um, <laughs> but no, it, I, my answer to that is always: if you find me someone that manufactures thirty millimeter blanks, I will buy all of them. <laughs> At, at because, the cost of $25 each. Yeah, I exactly. I feel it like as a recruiting would. tool, I mean, if you fired that thing in an air show, everybody, like five minutes later, there would just be a line by the I line. <laughs> I agree. It would be so awesome. I wish I wish we could. Like I said, if you guys keep your ear to the ground, if you hear of anyone make, making 30 mil blanks, I'll buy all of them. And then like the F-22 guys would have nobody <laughs> and they'd be like, but we got thrust vectoring. Yeah. Over yeah here. They, <laughs> they, they can like hover and stuff and do all sorts of. Yeah, there's yeah. <laughs> a wild, wild stuff in that airplane. Uh, oh, but no, we were getting no. that question a bunch, like in the F-18 side. It was always like, hey, are you going to break the sound barrier this time? Because like the last time you guys broke the sound barrier, yeah. like, no, he didn't. No, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. he, no, he definitely did not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's 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 the same kind of conversation. It's like, no, I'm afraid. I'm afraid we did not. We didn't actually shoot anything at the air show. <laughs> and they, and they, they sometimes are disgruntled about, about that, but that's all right. Yeah. I mean, you want to. Just yeah, can't. absolutely. Your hands are yeah, tied. Lo- yeah, hands are tied. I'd love to. Trust me, I'd love to. Love to go out there and see if we could <laughs> show you guys what this thing will really do. But. So I think a lot of people have seen the YouTube videos of the gun firing and everything like that and, and heard that, you know, magical sound. But how how different is it in person? The gun is awesome. Uh, yeah, it, the gun is so awesome. And we get to shoot it a ton out here in Tucson. Oh We're pretty God. spoiled with the <laughs> with awesome. the, the range airspace that we have. We get to do a lot of shooting uh, out here and a lot of dropping, which is cool. Um, but yeah, the, the, I think the, the biggest thing that surprises people is in the airplane, like flying the airplane, the gun is loud, but it is not that, I don't know. It's just not that loud when you're in the airplane. Uh, but when you're outside of the airplane, it is unbelievable how loud it is. Uh, really? is cool. So I think that's one thing that a lot of, like a lot of videos and things you see online, like don't do it justice is how loud the gun really is, especially oh if you're God. within, I don't know. I mean, if you're within like a mile, mile and a half of the gun going off. Like it is extremely loud. It is cool. How, do, uh, how does I'll Mark you, and I get I, a trip I was, out to the gun range? Is that possible? Oh yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely a thing. I would like to do I, that. It is. And I'll tell you what, I was in, um, I was in JRB New Orleans uh, on detachment. Um, you know, this is ages ago, almost 20 years ago now. Crap, getting old. Um, but if the, if the, if the wind was just right, you could literally hear munitions drops and the A-10 gun from the base. Yeah. It was yeah, insane. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. My first assignment uh, that I did in the A-10 was at Moody uh, down in Valdosta, Georgia, at Moody Air Force Base. And that's the A-10s that have got the – that's the 23rd fighter group, so the A-10s with the shark teeth on them that everybody sees everywhere. Yeah. It was, it was super cool. Uh, well, our range uh, there, Grand Bay Range, is literally connected to the base. So uh, the runway, if I remember right, like the – there's north-south parallel runways there. And if you're taking off on the kind of the base side runway or the Western runway, you're one, you're exactly one mile from the target on the gun range. Like no joke, the strafing target, uh, which is pretty cool. So uh, that's right there. Yeah, right there. And so the run ins are always north to south there on the gun target on that range. And I lived, um, I don't know, as the crow flies, probably like eight miles or so south of base. And especially at night, if folks are flying at night, we'd, you know, me and my wife, my little boy we could be sitting there watching tv in the living room at night and you just hear 
uh, when you're sitting there <laughs> watching TV, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. So, that is so yeah. awesome. What yeah, do you use to line way. it up? The, so, there- yeah, so uh, so you 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 know you aim the airplane to aim the gun. So um, it's just it's right down the bore line of the airplane. Um, and in our in our heads up display, so we have a big HUD. Uh, right on top of the right on top of the glare shield there, and in our heads in our heads up display we have a what we call a CCIP gun cross, which means constantly computed impact point. So assuming all of our systems are working at 100%, everything's working just fine. Um, we the gun cross that's in our HUD literally does all of the work for you. So wherever that thing is on the ground, that's exactly where the bullets are going to hit. And the the computer in the airplane takes into account, uh, of course like your airspeed, your dive angle, uh, the wind speed, the target elevation, it takes into account everything it can oh in order God. to give you the best, uh, the best weapon solution possible. And so, um, so, uh, all you have to do is, you know, for lack of a better term, you put the thing on the thing, you hammer down on the trigger and that's exactly where the bullets are going to go. So <laughs> it's, uh, we, and we have some really cool systems since our gun was designed specifically for air to ground, uh, in conjunction to like the M61, which is the 20 millimeter gun, like you would have seen in the Hornet or like in the F16 or the F22 or the F15, they all use the same 20 millimeter gun or very slight variations of it. Um, but that gun was designed, uh, you know, that's, that's like a, that's the same gun that was in the F4 and the F105, all those like century series fighters too. It's been around yep, forever. Very common. Yeah, very common. And it was used basically, you know, it's designed to be like a shotgun, like it's an air to air gun. So, uh, so it has a very wide uh, mill dispersion of the rounds. The whole idea is to spit a, you know, a lot of bullets out there really fast, try and shoot yeah. down airplanes. Well, ours is not designed that way at all. It's designed to be uh, incredibly accurate. And I was even told before in the early development of the gun, they actually built in some natural, uh, some or some inherent inaccuracies in the gun because initially it was too accurate. So if you missed by a little, you missed completely. Um, and so our oh, gun is designed just to shoot stuff on the ground. So w- what ours is harmonized for is to put 80, basically at one mile slant range from a target, which is a pretty typical open fire range at one mile, it'll put a 30 foot circle on, it'll put 80% of the rounds within a 30 foot circle oh on the ground, um, which conveniently a 30 foot circle is about the size of a, a tank or any kind of te- technical vehicle. Um, so it'll put 80% around the rounds on top of that. And then it puts, was a 13 mils in a mile. So it's like a 60 foot circle. It'll put a hundred percent of the rounds <laughs> or a little less than that, I guess. A little, yeah, a little less than 60. Wow. That's yeah. Awesome. So, so it's, it's incredibly accurate. Um, and then we have a system on the airplane called pack, uh, which I don't, I, as far as I know, the A-10 is the only thing that's got anything like this. It's, it's, uh, it's really cool and it's almost like cheating. So what it allows us to do is when I roll in, uh, if you guys are familiar with any kind of, or any of the listeners are familiar with like long range rifle or precision rifle shooting, uh, if you shoot like nice precision rifles that have a two stage trigger on it, that's basically what the trigger on the stick feels like. So, uh, meaning that when I pull it, pull the trigger to the first stop, if you will, like the first detent, the slack and the trigger comes out really easy. And then there's a really clean break after that. And so, um, we have a system, the system precision attitude control that we call pack that ties into the stability system of the airplane, uh, controlling the elevators and the rudder. It doesn't have really anything to do in roll, but it, uh, in pitch and yaw, um, it's just what helps kind of stabilize out any like kind of Dutch roll tendencies or anything in the, in the airplane. It just helps it fly just dead nuts straight all the time. Uh, so, uh, that's also the system that ties into our kind of poor man's autopilot. So what happens when I roll in and I put that gun cross, uh, on a target, uh, say for instance, it's like a big, you know, like a fuel truck or something like that. And if I pull the trigger to the first detent, 
It engages what's called pack one. And what's going to happen is it freezes all the flight controls using that stability system. It's going to lock all the flight controls right where they are. And if I try and move the stick, uh, the airplane will like it will move. You know, it doesn't completely lock me out from the controls, but it will take large, like large muscle movements to move the airplane a very, very little bit. So what that allows you to do is really refine your aim point because, you know, I don't have any sort of like to, to employ the gun. It's all visual. So I have to see the target with my eyeballs and then I have to, you know, roll in and put that gun cross on said target. Um, so it all happens really fast uh, and, you're, and you're just employing the thing visually. So what will happen is if I go to pack one and say, like I said, I'm shooting a fuel truck or something like that. And if I've got the gun cross and I want to shoot the cab of the truck and not the fuel tank on the back of it, what it allow me to do is put like a relatively big roll input into the airplane to move the airplane just a little bit. Um, so now instead of aiming at the fuel truck or the fuel tank, now I'm aiming at the cab. And so as soon as I do that, and if I hammer down on the trigger, uh, all sorts of cool things happen. Obviously the gun comes on, which is the coolest one ever. And <laughs> as soon as that, as soon as that starts firing, uh, all the flight controls lock exactly where they are. And then the leading edge slats that are kind of on the inboard portions of our wings, the leading edge slats pop out to divert as much gun gas away from the engines as pop- possible to just keep it right there on the wing line. Uh, the start cycle on both engines starts. Uh, so the igniters start firing to keep you from flaming out the engines just from all that gun gas. Um, and then as soon as you come off the trigger, everything kind of undoes itself, if you will. So now uh, the flight control is released, the slats go back in, the start cycle stops, and I'm flying away from the ground. And it's all imperceptible, you know, the pilot. It's instantaneous. Um, and it's incredible. As- I never knew that. Dude, yeah, I don't, I don't know about incredible. you, Mark, but like I want to go join the Air Force and fly an A-10 right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Oh man, how how was it? I mean, the first time you went out, because obviously you fly the eight. I mean, how much? How many uh, sim sessions do you do uh, with the A ten before you go fly it for Three. the first time? Three. Okay. Yeah. So you and I'm assuming you do several flights before you probably do live round training. Yeah. If I, but so what, I, if I remember correctly, you have three two hour sims before you fly it the first time. Um, it's about a month of academics, and then. You do TR one through six. How, how, I think it's on uh, your tenth. Maybe your ninth. Is the S simulator from the before we get going? Um, it's pretty good. It's the our sims are good. They're not full motion. You can't like as far as like civilian time goes or anything. You can't log actual time in the sim. There's none of that stuff. But it yeah. is a it's a missionized cockpit trainer. Oh, so cool. I mean, it looks like they it looks like they cut the cut the nose and cut the aft you know forty feet off the airplane. Like it's just a cockpit sitting in the floor. And then uh, it has 360 degree visual. So it's like a big clamshell door on the back. You know, it shuts you in there and you have visual all around you, which is pretty cool. Um, And the the visual is basically, you know, I'm I'm not super familiar with a bunch of other simulator systems, but it, it, you know, basically pulls from like Google Maps or something to that probably fidelity. And then uh, the guy, the the, the folks that run our simulators, you know, they can model um, actual you know, structures and buildings and villages, and they can build all sorts of stuff into them that is so cool. um, to, to a pretty high level of accuracy. So, um, and, and they're, it's a good trainer. So, you know, we, we still use them even once you're like operational on the airplane, you're still, you still do three simulated three sims a month. Um, mi- typically two missionized ones. And then we do at least one emergency procedures, uh, sim every month. Did you use the, the simulator to, to start up with the air show stuff? Or I did. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, in our syllabus, if you will, like when I was learning the job, you only have to, it's only required that you do one, uh, one practice in the sim. Um, but I went a ton, I don't know. I did it a bunch before I did it in the airplane, uh, before I started like stepping down from 
you know, 5,000 AGL. I did a lot of them in the sim first, just so I was really comfortable. Um, you know, it doesn't do a great job. Of course you get no, you know, have no, like, uh, no seat of your pants feel, you know, no G's, none of that stuff. But it, it was really beneficial just to have the sight pictures of like my cross check. And this is like the ground is coming at me awfully fast. This is what this looks like. And the roll rate of the airplane and just, uh, you know, making sure I'm on profile that I have the energy that I want. I'm able to assess that stuff and I'm not doing it for the first time in the airplane. So I did a, I just, I went over there a lot, did a, did a lot of practice in the sim before. If I, I uh, if I ever go out and was able to fly the A-10 simulator with you, could you set up a mission program for me to bomb Mark's house? hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, no problem. Great. I just yep. want to make sure I want to Too bomb easy. it, then strafe it, then bomb it again. Yeah, too easy. We can do that. Yeah. Jeff would never find it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right. I wouldn't. He would never find it. Yeah, I remember the. Uh, I remember those simulators because I had to do, um, I had to do a bunch of training in the simulator for. Uh, I was high, low, and high power turn qualified on the F eighteen yep. and all that yep. stuff. So I'd use the same simulators that the, the that all the pilots use, and it was it was really cool. And now as a, I'm an airline pilot, and so I uh, we use all full motion sims and stuff like that, but. Um, I'm, I've actually been surprised there hasn't been full motion Sims developed for military use. Uh, I mean, there, maybe there are, I just don't know about it, but yeah, I remember them all being non-motion, but very amazing visuals. And then of course, uh, full, full realistic cockpits. Yeah, that's exactly what ours are. And our, our maintenance folks do the same thing. If they go and get, uh, like engine run qualified or any of that stuff, they, they, they do that in the Sim. And I think some of the, you know, I think some of the, the heavy aircraft in the air force, I think they've got full motion stuff. I know the helicopters, have ones that'll move around, but yeah, nothing, nothing that I know of in the fighter side. Oh my God. All right. So yeah. sorry, uh, back to it. So you did the simulator and, uh, you're back at the bar and <laughs> yeah. you're, ready, <laughs> you're ready to go for your first flight. I think is where we're at. I was just curious about the simulator. Cause th those, Oh yeah. So, yeah. Oh like, Oh yeah. First flight or first time shooting the gun. Which one were you? I don't remember. What first time about. shooting the gun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's on, if I remember right, that's on like your ninth, maybe ninth, 10th flight, something like that. It's pretty early in the program. Uh, so, so our training syllabus, uh, what we call the B course, uh, where you learn to fly the A-10s uh, at the time when I went through is 40 sorties. Um, and so it's like on your 10th, 10th flight, maybe where you shoot the gun and drop bombs for the first time. And then it's awesome. Cause then ride number 11 to 40, you get, uh, at least 200 rounds, six bombs and a pot of rockets every time you go out the door. So, oh, uh, oh my God. God. Yeah. So it's <laughs> I mean, super. How do you sleep? I yeah. you're just super excited. This oh yeah. Be, this should be in your air show. Now, like so announcer, awesome. your air show <laughs> announcer should be telling people this. Like if you join on your yeah. 10th flight, you could drop a shit ton of bombs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know you get to, we get to do a ton of stuff and that's, that's one of the fun parts of being, about being oh my in God. so much uh, better than this Navy. airplane. Yeah. Right, Gator? Um, no, it's, I, I mean, you said it, not me, but yeah, I, I, I ain't trying to live. I ain't trying to live on a boat. Um, but, <laughs> me neither. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't blame you. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> shooting the gun the first time was, was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember, I remember it perfectly. I mean, um, rolling in on one of the ranges right here, uh, just West of Tucson. And I just remember shooting, uh, I don't know, maybe doing like a 50, 60 round burst, something like that. And then as I'm coming off target, like pulling up away from the ground, I'm just like dying laughing in the airplane. <laughs> I was like laughing hysterically. Uh, cause That's I was like, cool. that was the most ridiculous thing I've ever done. Um, uh, and, and it's cool to, you know, I always describe it. I wish I was more of a wordsmith, but it's like a complete sensory overload. It's really cool. So, uh, I mean, you see it, you hear it, you feel it, you smell it. 
uh, you taste it, the whole deal. Like if you drop your mask after you shoot the gun, the, all that gun gas comes in through the ECS and everything. You can smell it. Oh yeah. It must be shooting. filling the cockpit. Uh, yeah. It's pretty cool. Bottle that <laughs> and sell it. A10, A10 Gatling gun gas. Yeah. A little A10 musk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A10 musk. <laughs> yeah. So, A10 oh, right. juice. So, uh, so yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, it's always exciting that shooting yeah. gun never gets old. That's for sure. I almost wish that like the, uh, I mean, I love the Thunderbirds, but, um, I would rather an A-10, uh, flight team with like Thunderbird col- colors instead now. Right. I mean, how cool would that be? I mean, I th- it looked pretty sweet. I think, you know, people, <laughs> yeah. a lot it would of look, yeah, yeah, everybody, I know my place in the world. Everybody likes afterburners. They always want to hear the loud jets and they see the fast jets and all that. So, uh, I don't know. It probably wouldn't, probably wouldn't get people's thrills in that regard, but um always i always say all the time at the shows that my show's a kid's show man everybody can take their take their hearing protection off and the kids aren't going to sit there crying and screaming the whole time they can sit there and actually like watch it and enjoy it and not uh, not blow anybody's eardrums or anything like that but uh i'll I add to that I, yeah. re- I remember as a kid um one of my favorite demos and i'm not kidding uh was the a10 demo because a lot of times it was pi- um it was uh paired with pyro and for so, sure yeah and you we know, still do the, that the strafing run I love that. That's one of the best elements of the A10 demo team. Cause I mean, you can do that with other, I guess you can do that with technically any demo team, Sure. Um, but it really fits with the A10 and it makes it look so it blew, blew, totally blew me away. Totally yeah. Blew yeah. Me away. It's, it's, it's still one of the coolest things. It, it's always fun flying with pyro too. I probably get to do pyro. I don't know. Over half the air shows. I bet half pyro, um, which Does is it always- change your routine at all. Um, the only thing it makes me very mindful of where I do, uh, do my strafing runs because I want to do it right over the top of the pyro. So, uh, I'm, sure. very, I'm much more particular with my aim point, if you will, to not be right over the top of that stuff, but otherwise not really sit a little, set a little upwind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cause a lot of times, man, some of these, some of these pyro guys, man, they're hilarious and they'll get, they'll put all sorts of stuff out there. And I mean, you can hear it in the airplane when that stuff goes off. It's cool. Oh my God. It's funny. That's that's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. I'm, I'm um, geeking out. I'm so jealous. Yeah, <laughs> I love right? this. This is so cool. Well, yeah. next time, next time we're at a show together, we gotta get you guys out to see the airplane and everything. I think I was um, just looking at a show that I think you'll be at. Oh yeah, I, I don't remember. Um, I'll have to look at. Are you coming to Salinas this year? We were supposed to. No, we're not anymore. I'm not. Uh, I think they changed the date on it or something. Um, but no, we're not. Um, we're not scheduled for that one okay. anymore. What about uh, any uh, California shows? Are you doing like uh, Sacramento? No, California I wish. Capital? No, we 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 uh, we've tried to we tried to get over there um, into a couple shows, but no, the Salinas was our only only California one we had this year. The only Bummer, thing really we've got left on the West Coast is uh, I mean, it's not even really on the West Coast is Kennewick, Washington. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, I think that's our Western. Gotcha. Kind of our only Western show left. Oh, cool! Are you coming sure. out to Jones Beach though? Because I remember you guys were here. We did that one last year. I was really hoping uh, we would get to do that one again. But no, I think the I think the F sixteen team is doing that one this year. They try and they try and spread us as you know as thin as possible. Um, but Jones Beach, we had a great yeah. time up at that one. You know that that we staged at a Republic Airfield uh, up there, which is where Fairchild Republic was, where every A ten rolled yeah. off the line. So it's pretty cool being up there. Um, yes. Speaking of uh, Republic, you know one one of the jets from Vietnam that I wish they would uh, still fly or. Or obviously not now because it's too expensive. Was the F one hundred and five? That is a 
that is always that is my always my answer. If anyone asks any airplane you could fly, that wasn't the A ten. What would it be? <laughs> How awesome is that airplane? That thing is just. Oh my god, it's amazing. Yeah, it's the coolest airplane. My my grandfather flew F one oh fives for the majority of his career in the Air Force and so I just grew up oh, always wow. always like just idolizing the airplane and and frankly that's a huge reason if you guys have seen pictures of the the A ten that we fly in the demonstration most of the time is it has a full up F one oh five paint scheme on it. Oh my god. Um, yeah, that awesome. livery is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it turned out really good. I appreciate it. Um, Looks so yeah. good. Yeah, the F one hundred five. That's that'd be one of my dream airplanes, right there for sure. Yeah, they were trying to get one going, uh, but I think the Air Force uh, they're running. There's a couple school. in civilian hands. Yeah, but not none of them are airworthy. Yeah, nothing airworthy, unfortunately. Nope. No, there's a couple of F one hundreds that are airworthy. The F one hundred five. I the same outfit. So uh, the Warbird organization that I flew for, Collins, um, mm-hmm. had a, um, several um century series or century era fighters yeah. i mean they fly an a4 uh, f100 f86 um and f4. A host of those, if they have a 105 f4 they have the f4 yeah that's um, right uh i don't like know the, if that thing will ever fly the f105 but yeah like those yeah. guys in vietnam the f105 guys and the, and the f4 guy well everybody but the f105 guys going in and and those straight oh, the wild weasel stuff up, Oh my god, dude! Yeah, it addict. I just listened to uh, Robin Old's book. Uh, Fire oh yeah, Pilot. yeah, it's a great book. And like, Fantastic I'm sure that wasn't book. like that wasn't half of it. I bet, but it was just. Oh my god, those guys are just fucking. Yeah, that's. A, I incredible. always say that's a, that's a different breed of man that flew flew those airplanes back yeah. here. Like the anytime I, I always have to like pinch myself a little bit because it's like man, anytime I start complaining about things at work or what's going on or this that and the other, and you think about. Um, you know, just think about what those, that generation of military aviators did. I'm like, man, I need to sack up. This is like, I mean, they're just a completely, completely different breed. Um, yeah. And, and, um, uh, yeah, that's a great book. I mean, of course, uh, fighter pilots, a great book. My favorite one, I always recommend to people, not necessarily an F one Oh five book. I've got a bunch of F one Oh five books that I like to, but, uh, is, but if you're into military aviation history type stuff is read, uh, or listen to American Patriot. It's the story of Bud day. Um, <laughs> that's the cool, that's the, I like that one more than fighter pilot, just shameless plug. There. I haven't done that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all about, uh, it's about Bud Day's whole military history and eventually receiving the medal of honor for his time as a POW and everything. It's pretty amazing. Wow. There was actually a, a really great documentary. You probably know the name. I forget. I saw it a couple of times on Thud Drive on the F-105 guys. Yeah. It's just um, called Thud Pilots. It's on, uh, on Amazon. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Incredible. I yeah. Mean, that one's really, really good. They, there's another one on the F-100, uh, Vic Vizcaras who, did that documentary and uh, another one called Hun Pilots. That's basically the same kind of format, but about uh, the guys flying the F one hundred during that same time frame, which is really really good as well. The guy that uh, I trained with with their with uh, the competition acro, I got to uh, uh, Kansas to train with. He was a uh, an F one hundred five uh, pilot in uh, Vietnam and everything, and it's just like some of the stories and not like just not terrible stories, like just what they had to deal with and do. It's just oh my god, I would be crying like a baby if it was me those guys are just such men oh <laughs> uh, yeah it's wild i mean i mean uh, you know i say and i think we even say part no we actually don't we took it out of uh, the narration for our demo whenever we fly the the camo a10 but half of all the a10s ever, or sorry half of all the f105s ever built were lost in combat like that's a ridiculous statistic yeah that's crazy yeah. Whoa. well they were going in there 
And there was, I mean, it's public stuff. And they weren't allowed to bomb like certain SAM targets and everything. Like people shooting at yep. them and they couldn't even, they couldn't go after them. They had to just keep yep. flying past. It's just like, it was just so ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. And they you know, cool. had very, very caged routes that they would fly, that they were only allowed to fly certain times a day to certain places. And yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's no wonder, no wonder and, they and, suffered the losses that they did. Yeah. And then linebacker two came yeah. along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sweet revenge. Oh, yeah, exactly. Came on. Exactly. Um, but yeah, yeah. So always, always grew up with a huge affinity for, for the thud. And, uh, oh, that's so my, funny. Grand, my grandfather flew one Oh fives, uh, for a huge, for a, a large portion of his career. I mean, when he was in, uh, you know, it wasn't uncommon to, um, uh, you know, you go to a new assignment, you get a new jet. So he flew, he flew the, uh, some of the weird stuff. You never hear anything about like the F 89, the F 94, uh, his initial assignment was in the F 86. He flew the F 100 for a while. And then the majority of his time in the F one Oh five, um, and then he was, he was actually shot down in May of 1968, uh, in North Vietnam and spent the remaining five years as a POW before coming home. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah pretty amazing. What a badass. Then, yeah, he, he absolutely was. Yeah. He just passed away. Gosh, it's been 10 years ago now. Um, wow. yeah. 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 What they the, the whole, they call that prison? It, in, it was like the hotel, the, the Hanoi Hilton, Hanoi Hilton. Yeah. 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 The Hualo prison was what, uh, what it was actually named, but yeah, they all called it the Hanoi Hilton. Now I remember in the, do- and they were talking about that in the documentary too. And they, one of the guys, I forget the name of the, um, the officer, but they developed a tap system to communicate yeah, with yeah, each absolutely. other. Yeah. The tap code. Yeah. It was just, Oh my God. I rec- anybody listening, just go on and Google, uh, thud pilots or that's right. Is that the right name for the documentary? Yeah. Thud pilots. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. That's on my, that's next on my list. Oh, Mark, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's it's really really good. Uh, the guys that put that one together, it's pretty amazing. And a matter of fact, it was it was really neat. Uh, kind of speaking of that that documentary, when we did the unveil of our paint of our Southeast Asia A10, um, just being in Tucson, you know, there's a huge huge veterans network out here, and a lot of folks retire out here, and um, just really really cool. And so. Uh, just through like two connections that I had uh, with with some some gentlemen with some pretty unbelievable like military jet pedigrees, um, just reached out and kind of explained what I was going to do. Hey, we painted this airplane. Uh, we're gonna. We, it just got finished up. We would like to do a big unveil of it. And if you guys have folks, you know, within your communities and within your networks that um, that are old Vietnam, you know, Vietnam era folks or old thud guys that want to come out and see it. Like I'd love to show off the airplane that we'll fly a demo for them. And we ended up having this huge response and pro- I don't know how many folks we had out, uh, probably 80 or so. Um, and, and some of which I, after I've, I had, I'd already seen that documentary before, but some of which are no joke. They're highlighted in that documentary. Like some of those men were out here and got to see the airplane and had a number of folks walk up. No joke. Cause on the, if you look on the right side of the airplane, we've got 94 names on there, which is all the POW and MIA, uh, or sorry, all the POW and the KIA from, uh, from our unit for the 355th TAC fighter wing during Vietnam. Uh, and we had two, wow. two, two gentlemen walk up to the airplane that no joke. We like pointed out and found their their name on the side of the airplane when they were Jeez. POWs. I yeah. just get the chills. Jeez. It was so it was like one of the coolest experiences of my uh, of my flying career to to be a part of that and see all those guys and then and then to actually like jump in the airplane and go fly it for them uh, and show it off for them was really really cool. That's unreal. That's yeah. that is unreal. It was it was awesome. <laughs> it was it was truly life changing and a, and a lot of them uh, knew you know knew my grandfather and a lot of that kind of stuff. So it was just a really really cool. 
uh, really cool connection. I feel like uh, if I had, had to, if I had to guess, you were probably more nervous to fly in front of them than like any air show. Oh my god, yeah. So uh, no joke. It's funny you bring that up. That I, I think the two most nervous, two times the most nervous I've ever been flying the demonstration. Uh, neither of which is at an air show. Uh, one was that, and then the second one because I knew I was like, man, I know I'm gonna get get out of this airplane. I'm gonna shut it down and I'm gonna go down the ladder and. Half of them are going to come up and be like, wow, that was awesome. Thanks. And the other half are going to have like very real criticism for me. <laughs> like they're, they're actually going to come up and like give me grief, uh, which was cool. And some of them did. Uh, and then the other one was at hog smoke, which is a big uh, A-10 like bomb, bombing and gunnery event. That's uh, that we do every other year. And last year we did it at Moody. Um, so I, they had us out there and I flew the demo in front of like 120 other A-10 pilots. I was like, there's literally no good outcome to this. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that, that's probably the the two times the most nervous I've been is those two times. <laughs> um, do you ever do any like because um, it's a it's an air to air platform too? So do you ever do sure. any um, dogfighting with anything besides an A ten? Yeah, yeah, we uh, we do train to it. We don't train to it um, a ton. Certainly nothing like you know with the F sixteen, the Raptor, the you know any of those folks do. Um, but we we do train to it. We try and uh, maintain proficiency with it, uh, and it's typically just A ten versus A ten. Uh, going out there, which is obviously not that realistic, but, uh, but yeah, I've gotten to train, uh, with F 16s, with the F 35, uh, with the F 22, uh, a couple other folks out there, but, um, but yeah, and that's always fun, especially in one of the, the jets we have, how you does, know, one of our, our demo jets. Cause they're, they're just stripped down and clean. So that it rips around pretty good. How does that happen? Like, how oh, do yeah. you do like, obviously it's, it's, there's some type of brief before you, you go head to head with like a yeah. 22, but like, how does that happen? Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, with the Raptor and everything, can you tell us a little bit about the, uh, yeah, of course. Um, within that? Yeah. Sure yeah, was, absolutely. I'm going to be laughing the whole time. Cause oh yeah. With the, with the Raptor, it's like, uh, it's funny. So yeah, I'll just, I'll talk about the Raptor, you know, flying with those guys. Uh, the big, big takeaway is you are so glad that that thing is on your team is like all that, all that it boils down to, uh, and I hope Cabo, the Raptor demo guy, I hope he listens to this because uh, we got to, I got to got to fight him one time in it too, and it was a ton of fun, uh, and he beat the brakes out of me. Um, but um, but yeah, like in a normal in a normal training squadron, you know, you can reach out to just other units here in the Southwest and here in Arizona, we have F-35s and F-16s and all sorts of stuff close by, so it's not difficult to like call up other units and and set up, uh, set up some of that training. But the big picture is like, yeah, if I'm going to go out there and, and get some like real world effective BFM, like, or ACM training with, a, with the F-22, um, you know, you have to put handcuffs on them. Cause like in the real world, I sure. will never, I will never see that airplane. Like I will never see it. He will kill me from a hundred miles away and I'll just blow up, you know, fat, dumb and happy out there. Um, so you have to put handcuffs on them, uh, like whether you're going to make it guns only or whatever you're going to do. And, uh, um, to get the presentation that you want. And if you're all, if you're out there trying to learn, like you don't want them just flying uh full up wild dingo. Uh, Cause you don't, you, you don't get a lot of good lessons learned out of that a lot of times, but typically how it'll work. If we're going to go fly the Raptor, we'll have very cage setups that you're doing that drive specific learning objectives that you're trying to find out there, just like you do in any other type of flying. Like, Hey, I'm going to go out. I want to get multiple reps seeing this site picture to try and get better at it. Um, just the same as you would, you know, practicing the same figure over and over in like competition aerobatics. Like, Hey, I want to make sure I've got this down before I start chaining things together or before I start uh, trying to add to my profile. So, um, so it's all that, all that's what we'll kind of start out doing. Um, and again, in the A-10, like we're not kidding anybody. We're not, 
the same level of proficiency as other folks are in the air-to-air regime. But uh, you always got to leave enough gas for the Raptor at the end to be like, all right, man, this is it. I want full up Raptor appreciation. Like show me, show me everything. <laughs> and, uh, and that's always so, I mean, it's just so ridiculous. To Where'd think Hugo? Yeah, exactly. It just, <laughs> it doesn't fly like an airplane. It doesn't, it doesn't do airplane stuff. Uh, it's really, really cool. Um, so yeah, if you ever see cool. the Raptor demo, you know, that he, ha- he has one portion of it where he does a pedal turn where he's basically just doing, you know, basically doing the flat spin out to sea, uh, Top Gun style. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Where he just sitting there doing that pedal turn. Um, so, uh, there was one time, this is the first time I ever fought him, um, and it was two A-10s versus one Raptor, and this is getting to our Raptor appreciation set where we want to see the full the full deal. Um, so one of our best tactics in the A-10 that we can do is, since we have so, we fly so much slower than everybody else, sometimes that creates a kind of an odd tactical problem for other fighters. And then also we have such a small turn radius, and we also fly slow, so it's weird because that doesn't, that doesn't mesh with how other flight, fighters perform. So one of the... One of the kind of more effective tactics we do in a turning fight, if it's two versus one or something like that, is we'll just do what we call circle the hogs, where we, no joke, do like a min radius turn where each A-10 is 180 degrees out on the same turn circle from each other. So uh, if whatever fighter is trying to shoot one of us, it has to pick one and the other one ideally has enough energy to like pull our nose up. Uh, and at least scare them away from us or or actually get weapons on them and engage them. Um, so we're trying to do that with the with the Raptor because uh, we don't have any other choice. And so we go into this like this, you know, tight men radius turn. We're about 180 degrees out. It's kind of set up pretty textbook. Uh, and the Raptor flying straight at us goes straight into the vertical. And then he does that little square loop thing on top where it just flips in place, like, you know, just like an unlimited aerobatic airplane would do. Yeah. And then it just goes, and then he's just belly up to us as we're looking up. And mind you, we're in like a constant, probably five and a half, six G turn as we're heading downhill, just like a barber pole uh, would look. And he just starts floating right in the middle of our barber pole and then just stepping on the, stepping on the rudder and just doing that pedal turn and just literally calling, I mean, for lack of a better term, he's just keying the radio going like, you're dead, spins around, you're dead, spins around, you're dead. And just does that like, <laughs> just like over and over and over. And there's nothing, there's nothing we can do about it. So, oh my uh, God. that was one. And then, um, and then as soon as he's done flogging us, it was just like, you see him like the burners and it sits on the tail and it climbs straight up like a rocket. And it's like, well, that wasn't fun at all. Um, uh, <laughs> so yeah, it, it's, it, it makes you appreciate that that thing's on our team. It's, a, then, it's an unbelievably capable airplane. Yeah. And then you fired a gun and you're happy again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it's, just like, it's like, well, I ain't built to do this anyway. So yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's funny. Yeah, that yeah, funny. So funny. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Anytime you get to go train with those guys or, you know, anybody and do some dissimilar stuff, uh, air to air, it's always fun. Oh, God. That is amazing. So I'm curious, obviously, uh, the, doing the demo side it's a two-year uh program right yeah that's right yeah two years um a huge change from operational uh <laughs> normal oh military gosh. service and, yes. and normal squadron stuff um how what was the like all the other stuff like I, i'm assuming you guys go to icas there's obviously a lot of uh you know i i don't know, for lack of a better phrase baby kissing and handshaking um huge um uh customer and uh, spectator interaction element exactly. that is, uh, you're not used to necessarily, or at least not trained for in the military. How, what was that like? Do you, is there a separate um, kind of passing of the torch, not just of the flying side, obviously, but of all that other stuff? Yeah, no, there absolutely is. Cause it is like, it is a drastic 
drastic difference. Like I, I try and even explain it to folks that I work with, you know, in the operational squadron, how, like how big of a, you know, how big of a, a change it is, but yeah, there, there is. So the, what I did, uh, fortunately with, when Shiv, the prior, prior pilot was around, you know, I traveled to a handful of air shows with him and I, I acted as one of his safety observers for his last year. So, uh, as the safety observer, I just flew the spare jet with him out to the shows. And then, um, during the demonstration, like I would be the only guy that he talks to on the radio. So we don't talk to the air boss or any of that stuff. Everything's filtered through the safety observer. And then if we have any issues with the airplane or emergencies, you got, you got somebody on the ground uh, down there to back you up with checklists and stuff like that um, as well. Uh, so I acted as his SO for, for a year and then got, you know, had the opportunity to travel some shows. So at least I had the idea of like not necessarily flying in a show or understanding man, just the basics of like, you know, I didn't know anything at first about like, Hey, this is an aerobatic box and this is what you legally can do. And you can't do. And this is what the show lines are and corner markers. And this is how the time, you know, this is what the air boss does. And this is what the IIC does. Like these are all terms that were completely foreign to me. So it was nice that I got to travel to some shows with him and like, uh, start to learn the language a little bit. And then, um, and then I didn't get to go to ICAST cause it got, you know, it was canceled due to COVID my first year. Oh, that's so, right. Um, yeah. So I didn't even go to ICAST. I went uh, this past December. That was the first one I'd been to. But that made this ICAST, honestly, a ton of fun because I'd already been traveling on the road and I'd met so many people and I got to know so many people that it wasn't wasn't quite the the stranger danger that I thought it would be. Like I showed up and knew, felt like I knew everybody. So that that yeah. was really, really cool. Um, but yeah, there was a there was a huge transition piece and, and Shiv did a did a great job helping tee me up for that and understand that. Um, I mean hopefully it comes through on this. Like I don't really have a problem talking to people, especially about airplanes and especially more so about the A-10. Uh, so I enjoy that piece of it at air shows, uh, you know, showing folks around the airplane and talking about the airplane and meeting all the kids and getting them all excited. You know, I always describe my favorite kids to meet at the shows are like the ones that look up and you can tell on their face. They just want to say like, I don't know what I'm looking at, but I know I like it. <laughs> like those are like my favorite kids to, to interact with. They're, they're always so funny, but yeah, it was a, uh, it was a, it was a big, big transition piece, just learning, or, or I guess really appreciating how small a community, the air show community is, um, as a whole, uh, because, you know, I go to so many shows every year and it's like, you should run into the same folks everywhere you go, whether it's the air show director, the coordinators, the air bosses, and then the performers, it's, it's a lot of the same folks. So, uh, I didn't, um, I didn't even know to kind of appreciate that at first, but I've really grown to, and I've, uh, it's a, it's a super, super cool community. Um, and, and everyone treats all the military teams so well, like all the, all the other performers, you know, they're, they're here for the long haul. You know, you got guys like, you know, like folks you've had on your show that I talked about earlier, you know, you got like the Mike Goulins and Rob Hollins and Skip Stewart's and, and a lot of the guys that have like very, very reputable competition backgrounds that are, do air shows also, or now they maybe some of them only exclusively do air shows now. Um, and so this is kind of like their thing. And I always try to keep in mind, like I'm here treading on their thing. Um, this is their livelihood and they put so much time and effort and they're so involved in it, you know, beyond a capacity that I, that I certainly am. Like I always joke, you know, I'm just the driver, like, Hey, I just show up with a cool airplane. I get to rip around in it. Like I, tr I try to be very respectful of like their community and what they do and how much, uh, you know, what it's taken to get it to where it is. Um, and I, and I'm really, really honored to be just like a really small part of it and be able to go out there. And, and I, I, I'm very grateful and very appreciative to those kinds of folks that are so welcoming to the military teams, just knowing, Hey, we're kind of part-time here. Like we're going to do our two years and then it's going to be somebody, and it's gonna be another fresh face in here that, um, that'll be out here, um, traveling with you guys. So 
And that's uh, kind of that's kind of why we did the podcast too, because you know we knew a lot of these guys, you know, off off the air show circuit, kind of or whatever. And they're amazing and, and they're really cool. And, and we get the fact that like when you're at an air show, you got to, you know, turn it on and, and be professional and, and what have you, but you know, just them talking and just being like who they are. I mean, it's just, there's so much fun to be around. And um, you know, when we have them on our show and, and, and other shows, we try to get people to just, you know, you don't, we're not, we're not a sponsored show and we're not trying to impress anybody. So we're just trying to get to know everybody or, or relay the information. And, I think that's why um, we get a lot of good feedback because you kind of meet the real person. It's not like, what's your, you know, how many hours do you have? And <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. You know, this and that. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's super cool. It's super cool to be able to do that. And like, I mean, I, I remember my first show and uh, you know, first couple shows and traveling around and like, yeah, it's like, I'm sitting here in the, in the morning brief and I'm looking around and I'm like, Holy crap. That's, it's Mike Goulian, like two seats over from me and I'm going to go fly with him. Or like, I look around and I'm like, Oh my God, that's Mike Whiskus. Like I've seen his orange airplane all over the place. Like that's super cool. And you, you see all these, like, yeah, just all these folks that like, um, you know, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of, you know, I don't have like any sort of competition, uh, aerobatic background and I'm not super familiar with that world at all, but like always, always liked air shows and going to air shows. And I knew the, uh, knew the performances I like to see and be able to like go out and actually, actually fly with some of those, uh, some of those people. Is, That's awesome. Is just, yeah, it's just really, really cool. Really humbling. Yeah. You just Ooh. see how how great a pilot's. Like you get a real serious appreciation once you start flying. You know, with them or doing some things, you just get a whole different appreciation for how unbelievably impressive they are as a pilot. Yeah, especially like sun and fun. It must be so fun to be around that world. It it is awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. I try and I try and soak it up as much as I can every day because it is it is super cool. It is, it is definitely one of those times in your life where like, I'm, I, you know, yeah, I'm at sun and fun last week and I'm getting to fly at sun and fun. Like what, well, this is ridiculous. Like this is, I mean, it's so cool. And it's one of those, one of those realizations I try to consciously have with myself is like, dude, you better soak this up and enjoy it. Cause it's going to be over soon and you will never get it back. So <laughs> like take, you know, appreciate this moment. Cause this is pretty dang cool. What was the uh, first air show you did? Uh, the very first one I did was El Centro, uh, NAF El Centro. Oh, yeah. Beautiful yeah. place. Yeah. Just a yeah. gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous spot. Yeah. The big city of El Centro. So basically the, <laughs> the, the Blue Angels, uh, the Blue Angels finishing up their winter training and they have their kind of season opener air show, if you will. Um, and then, then they head back to Pensacola. So that was the first one, which was honestly, yeah, it's super small. Uh, the guy, the, the folks that put on that show last year, the, you know, for my first year, um, did such a great, I mean, they did a great job. They did everything they could to be in accordance with all the COVID mandates and all this kind of stuff. Um, and they really took good care of us. Uh, and honestly, it was a great first show, uh, for me, uh, and for the team, because it's like, Hey, El Centro is like four hours driving down the road from Tucson. So it wasn't like this huge muscle movement to even get us there. I mean, in the jet, it was like a 40 minute flight to get over there. Um, so super easy to get over there. And then, uh, um, there was virtually, or there was no crowd last year. It was a completely like virtual air show. Um, so there's not even a crowd to fly. So it basically felt like an off station practice for me or something. So honestly, to get like those first show jitters out, uh, it was a great one to great one to start off on. Yeah. What's like your, at That's an air, awesome. sh- at an air show, what's your go-to food? Mine's funnel. I like the funnel cakes. I can't lie. Oh man. So yeah, I try and stay away from most of that, but I'm terrible at it because I'm i I'm kind of a fat kid at heart for sure. Um, oh, it's carny but, food, dude. I, I, it's my favorite part of I'm your shows. You, I've, I've become a big fan of the pretzel dogs. Oh, wow. 
Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hot dog I like, wrapped I like in like how a pretzel. You yeah, wrapped in like a pretzel bun kind of situation. Like, yeah, big fan of the pretzel dog. Oh, God, that sounds delicious. Hell yeah. Yeah. Delightful. I love it. <laughs> I think the most important. So I want to know, like, fringe benefits, all right? Fringe benefits of being mm-hmm. a military demonstration pilot. Do you get a discount on the pretzel hot dog? No, no, no. They they full price, ah. full price on the dog. Yep. All right, listen up, ICAST. I know you're listening. You got to reach out to your networks. You got to fix this. Yeah, no, full price on the we dog. Need, we need, yeah, we need we need discounts. You need to bring your <laughs> you need to bring your own pretzel dogs next time and just eat it right in front of their booth. Oh, see, now that's, <laughs> that's a power move right there. That would be. I'll the show flex. you. That would be the flex. <laughs> <laughs> or just or just have like your announcer during a show be like and do not eat the pretzel dogs they have gone bad yeah they've gone <laughs> they bad and, and we have our own at the uh, a10 demo tent Come yeah. yeah free pretzel yeah. dogs with sign up on the air force <laughs> that's right that's right that's another good recruiting tool Hand oh that would out. be yeah pretzel dogs air force pretzel dogs that'd be sweet <laughs> <laughs> and then you could have them like branded with gator you know i like to brand it the brand the bun with gator I do like dogs. this. I, oh, that's perfect. I love that. Speaking of which, this is, this is yeah. so smart. And yeah. by the way, like you, you got an awesome call sign. Like, were you nervous when you were getting your call sign that oh, day? Oh, absolutely. Because like you could have been stuck with like toilet dude. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, my toilet actually, dude. But you got to remember, you know, no matter how cool your name sounds, no one ever gets their name by anything cool they did. I was just gonna say it depends on how you got it on whether it's cool or not. Yeah, it's not. And it's cool. just, no you just never cool. get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No one, no one. Ever gets do we name do we get to cool. take guesses? Do we get to take guesses as to uh, why you are Gator? Mm, yeah, you can give it a shot. All right, Mark, you want to go first? I'm gonna say you had too many adult beverages, and you tried to chase a Gator somewhere. Oh, that'd be a cool story. No, no, uh, not quite. All right, I think. Your first day of uh, A10 school, you showed up in an alligator flight suit. Dang! I, do they make those? <laughs> Apparently, uh, yeah. yeah. I need, I need one. <laughs> oh my yeah. god, that'd be funny. Did you bring a pet alligator to work one day? No, no. So yeah, all right. I'll give you, I'll give you the the quick Spark Notes version of the story. Um, so Air Force Custom. If you ever ask anybody what they're, how they got their name. You're supposed to buy them a beer and you get it. You know, you learn the story over beer. So, um, so you, you owe me a beer on the road is what all I'm getting. That's at. a deal. But, yeah. Or, all right. a deal. So, or a pretzel hot dog. Yeah. Or a pretzel hot dog. <laughs> yeah. Hot dog. I'll substitute yeah. it for one pretzel hot dog would be good. Uh, <laughs> which is like, which is way more expensive than a beer. So. What did they get? Uh, like two or three. Yeah. Like yeah, 10 bucks probably. Sure. Right. Jeez. Um, well, well how it kind of started was, so I graduated, I went to university of Tennessee um and did air force rotc there that's how i got my commission and up in the air force um but at the university of tennessee obviously our like mortal enemies are the the florida gators and so when i got to my first squadron um we were deployed uh really quick after i got to my first squadron within about uh within about a month of me arriving we deployed to uh we were based out of turkey but flying in northern iraq northern northern syria fighting isis uh in 2015 and so I went there as a brand spanking new, like unnamed uh, FNG is what we call the new guys uh, for, you know, FN new guy is what it stands for. Um, yep. So I was a, I was a new FNG in the squadron, uh, unnamed. And so we got there. A lot of the Gator jokes started pretty early because for some reason we had a bunch of Florida fans in the squadron um, when I got there. 
and they were always making gator jokes because I didn't really have a leg to stand on because uh, Tennessee Tennessee football during that period was so terrible. Um, so a lot of gator jokes then. And then uh, have you guys have you seen the movie The Other Guys? You know Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg. Great. Movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Great movie. So very important. Great to the movie. Story. Yeah. Very important to the story. So, uh, if you remember, there's a particular scene where Will Ferrell, uh, shoots his gun in the office and does a desk pop. Yep. Yeah. 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 So I did not, I did not shoot my gun in the office. We'll like just set the record straight on that. But, uh, I was stepping to fly one day. Uh, Oh, and, and kind of reaffirm the Gator thing. So, you know, Will Ferrell, his like pimp alter ego when he was in college was Gator. Remember they like say we should. Gator. Gator. Yeah. 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 So, so, um, when I was stepping to fly one day and I went in our Intel shop and we had all sorts of like survival gear and stuff that we would fly with in Syria. So I'm, I'm putting that stuff in my G suit pockets, which are like down around your ankles, uh, kind of these like goofy pockets down the ankles, but that's where you got most of your storage space, uh, in the G suit. Um, and of course I have my survival vest on, uh, under my harness and we carry a Beretta, you know, nine millimeter, uh, in our survival vest. And I lean over, uh, to put that stuff in my ankle pockets. And when I do, my gun falls out of my vest, uh, in front of everybody, like literally in front of everybody. Oh, and God. so, yeah, yeah. Like, like a, like a loaded nine millimeter. And so I'm like, uh, and I'm already the, like the newest, dumbest Lieutenant in the squadron. So, you know, that's not really doing you any favors. So everyone like makes this huge big deal about it. And then all the desk pop jokes start about like, Oh yeah. When last time Gator does desk pop. Uh, cause that, that was one of those movies. Yeah. That was one of those movies we watched like a hundred times while we were deployed. Um, oh, it was just on God. repeat all the time. So, uh, oh, yeah. so there's that one. And then there's some other, there's some other pretty aggressive parallels with the movie that, um, that align with the story. Uh, I'll spare you some of those, but, uh, but that's kind of that's the, awesome. the, the big overarching one. And then, uh, what was cool, what the, why I actually, as a vol, even though I wear my name, my name Gator with a lot of pride, the reason being is because I, I've shared a little bit about kind of the family history and my grandfather, um, when he was shot down. Uh, in 1968. So on the mission, he was shot down over North Vietnam. He was flying with the call sign Gator 01, uh, which is pretty cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's what actually made it stick. And so that's why I actually wear my name with a lot of pride. Because that was no joke. His last sortie in the F-105, he was flying the call sign Gator 01. And so, Dude, that's uh, fun. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So, that's so amazing. Even, so it started out with me just being an idiot, and it all kind of came full circle. And These uh, are the- I actually wear my name with a lot of pride. It's pretty cool. These are the calls well, you know what? You can, that you nobody can, else gets. <laughs> like, well, yeah. and, and I think incredible stuff. I think you could legally. I, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm I'm okay saying legally you can now do an apartment pop. I think you're right. Yeah, I don't see I don't see why I couldn't. Yeah. No, no, I don't see a problem with it. Yeah, I don't oh see a problem God. with that at all. Jeez. <laughs> um, so how many um how many combat tours have you served? Uh, I've done two combat deployments. Uh, in the A-10, I did that one in 2015 uh, when I was with the 75th Fighter Squadron uh, out of Moody, uh, where we were, fly, like I said, flying in, in Iraq and Syria. Um, and then I did uh, Kandahar, Afghanistan with the 354th Fighter Squadron here at, uh, at Davis Month, and I did that one in 2019. Wow, okay. Is there anything so just you how, how? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, how, how – I was just more – well, I was first, uh, there's so many questions. I don't even know where yeah. to begin. Um, and it's awesome. By the way, thank you for your service too. Um, oh, that's kind of things. So. We're Appreciate we're it. only an hour and twenty minutes in uh, yeah. before before saying that because this it's an incredible it's an incredible task. I know how incredible it is and how stressful it is on on family life, on your life, and uh, especially going from uh, combat to uh, 
um, the the real strenuous tasks, which is uh, air show travel. Exactly. Um, what was that shift like? I mean, did you, or I guess, did you want to do it? I mean, I did. Um, you're going to actually go, you're going to go back clearly. Yep. Um, but you wanted this and, I did. and it was obviously a nice shift and I'm sure you're probably itching to go back, but what is that dynamic? Like, how do you balance that dynamic, that dynamic of being a combat pilot and an air show pilot? Yeah. So, um, so, uh, I mean, I'd be lying if I said my, like my tactical prowess and my tactical teeth are as sharp as ever. Cause that is just not the case. Uh, I haven't traveling around. I fly in an air shows all the time. Um, but no, I yeah, still, that's I, I still, I still maintain like a combat mission ready status. I still try and fly with the op squadron quite a bit. Um, I haven't in the past couple months, just as we gotten spun up and have now started the air show season, I haven't flown with them much at all. Um, uh, to go out there and actually do the J O B if you will. Um, but yeah, the, the transition was, um, I mean, I kind of shared a little bit about that, just like learning the language and understanding like what, what the heck even goes on at an air show. You know, I've only ever been yeah. as a spectator, nothing even close to being there as a performer. So, um, so that was just a huge drastic transition, but honestly it was a, you know, I don't want to like dumb it down because it's not easy, but it was an easy transition because it was like, well, shoot, I'm already like, I'm very proficient in the airplane. I'm very comfortable in this airplane. Um, it's not like I'm trying to learn some, super new skill or anything. It's just doing weird stuff that I wouldn't normally do in the airplane. And now I'm doing it in a weird place. So it was more of just getting familiar with like, Hey, what, what, what I can and can't do. Um, but, but frankly, it was a pretty easy transition because one, because it was just so fun. Like I'm, I'm just getting to go out there in a stripped down clean a 10 and fly the wings off of it all the time. Like this is awesome. The best. Yeah. It's a ton of fun. Um, just a ton of fun. Uh, but it was, it was, it was a, uh, you know, asking if I wanted to do it. Yeah, I absolutely wanted to do it. Like I, I, you know, applied for the job. I interviewed for the job. I wanted it. Um, uh, one, because I was like, you know, what, what a ridiculously like stupid, cool opportunity to be able to travel around, to show off this airplane, to show off the airmen that maintain it and to go out there as a recruiting tool. Because I was, you know, as, as, as cheesy as it may sound like, and I was the kid at the air shows, like I wanted to go, I wanted to see the jets fly. And, uh, and shoot, there's no doubt, no doubt. I mean, I had, I had great family influence, uh, of just, just American patriots and people that valued their service in the military and all this. So I had like a very positive, uh, uh, support system that supported me, you know, going into the military and all that. And so I already kind of had that seed sown a little bit, but, um, there's no doubt that air shows played a part of that, like to actually, listen, you know, growing up with my grandparents and my grandfather and listen to him tell his stories and listen to my grandmother talk about the military life and moving around all the cool places they'd seen and things they had done and places they had been and people they had met. And then him talking about all the flying stories that they, they had. And then, you know, you hear all that. And as a little kid, you know, it's like, that's just, that's the coolest thing ever. And then when they would take us to an air show and you actually see these things flying, you're like, Oh my God, this is unbelievable. Um, so I wanted to be that guy. I was like, man, that's so cool. Like, you know, six-year-old gator is like flipping out inside right now like that is so cool so um so for, for for there just to be a for there to be an opportunity where it's like hey you can kind of keep doing what you're doing i.e you're still in the air force you're still flying the a-10 but now we're just going to let you travel around and fly in air shows uh and meet cool folks and try and inspire the next generation to come out serve their country and maybe fly jets i was like man that sounds like a pretty sweet deal to me so yeah. um yeah. So, so I absolutely wanted to do it. Honestly, it was a, uh, there's part of it where it's like, you know, it was, it was, um, kind of a welcome, 
change of pace from the ops squadron. You know, I was on my third ops assignment in the airplane already. And so, you know, just the constant, constant grind, this has been a huge refresher of like, man, this is really, really a really unique and awesome job that we get to do. So, um, so it was a big change, but it was a welcome change and it was, uh, you know, I've had, I've had an absolute blast with it. And I hope, I hope, I hope that, I hope that is conveyed to people, you know, when I meet them at air shows and when they see us fly and they see the team do what we do, I hope people get that impression that we, you know, we love what we do. I love it. I love it. I think that, I think that absolutely shines through. It's a, I mean, it's a fun demo to watch. What is, uh, okay. What is your favorite maneuver? And then what is the hardest maneuver for you to do in the A-10? Yeah. Favorite one is the, the vertical 540, uh, which is cool. It's the very first, you know, the very first maneuver I do right out, right out the gate. So I'll start out typically around 8,000 AGL, um, 7,000, 8,000 AGL, and I'll dive down, show right, show left. And the VNE of the airplane, the max airspeed of the A-10 is 450 knots or 0.75 Mach, whichever you hit first. Um, and so I'll take it all the way to 400, knots, like as fast as it will absolutely go down the show line. Um, and then straight up 90 degrees into the vertical and then do a 540 roll, uh, kind of into a pseudo Immelman and then roll on the top and then a split S with a roll on the down line as well. So that whole first kind of figure, if you will, but the vertical 540 is a ton of fun because, you know, if you're just on this like 30,000 pound beast and 90 degree nose, 90 degrees nose up and spinning. It's pretty, pretty cool. Um, the, the most difficult one, which I totally underappreciated when I was, uh, starting to learn the demo, uh, was the slow roll. Um, so oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like this big airplane and we have a big fat straight, uh, straight airfoil, you know, where it's, it is, there's nothing, semi there's nothing symmetrical about it so it's very uh it creates a lot of lift in the jet um even in our what we call our dash one what would be the like pilot operating handbook to anybody else uh it even says in there like there is a not there's not enough rudder authority to maintain inverted flight like there's you physically can't push down the elevator just doesn't deflect far enough to maintain inverted flight because the uh because jet, you know, A-10 not made to do that. It's not made to go out and rip around in air shows. It's made to have 16,000 pounds of bombs hanging <laughs> under the wing and to stay airborne. So, um, yeah, sure. so the, the, it, when the airplane stripped down as light as we actually fly it, um, it's producing a lot of lift. And so, uh, going in the slow roll, you're just manipulating, you know, every control axis at the same time, you know, full deflection, like full boots, a rudder, either direction. Uh, and then the elevator is all the way up against the glare shield. You know, when I'm full, when I'm inverted, just full stick deflection all the way forward. And I, and in the configuration I fly, uh, as light as I am, I actually do have enough elevator, like right on the ragged edge to push over enough to where I can actually hold inverted flight and maybe just do like the tiniest bit of a pushover, but that's about it. Um, so to, to, to fly like a good, clean, constant rate, slow roll and stay right on the show line, stay on the same heading. Uh, was what that one was difficult to learn, um, to what, you know, especially to keep it from looking like I'm dishing out either way, or if I'm climbing or descending or something to try and fly like a nice level one, uh, is, is pretty dang difficult. With a maneuver like that, do you take tidbits from, uh, guys like Rob Holland or Mike Goulian that, oh, that hell competition yeah. slow rolls? Yeah. Yeah. All the time. Matter of fact, I was sitting in the brief at sun and fun on uh i guess it was saturday and having to be sitting there next to mike goulian which again ridiculous uh, yeah. <laughs> and so and and we call him just, mikey g or the don by the way 
No, yeah, I still go Mike Gulian. Everybody else calls him Mikey G. I'm like, I don't, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm there yet. Um, oh, in person, in person, I'm going to call him Mr. Gulian. <laughs> yeah, on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but but I mean, and, and Rob, Rob's been an unbelievable resource. Like he is, I cannot stress how cool of a person he is, and Dude. and Mike Gulian. I mean, they're they're the coolest people. Like they are, they're like I said at the beginning of the podcast, they are way too cool of people just to like welcome us into their world on day one. I mean, when, when I mean, I knew who both of them were prior to doing air show stuff. And then, you know, when like my parents or anybody or any friends or anything travel to air shows, I always, you know, point them out. And I'm like, yeah, that guy literally wrote the book on aerobatic flying. Like literally the book is title is off. The author is him. And then I was like, and then the other guy is like, I don't know, you name it, the Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning of aerobatic flying, like that's him. Yeah. Like that you can't undersell it. And so yep. um so to to have those guys be so welcoming and so cool. Uh and and they're always open to. It. I mean, shoot, no joke, like Rob has out of the blue like he and I've never felt so cool as an airplane nerd in my life to have like Rob Holland shoot me a text message and just be like, "Hey man, how's the season going? How's everything coming along?" and you reach out. No doubt. I've used both of them as a resource of, um, uh, both of them as a resource to help me out with stuff. Cause you know, I always say, I was like, dude, it was just another fighter pilot teaching this fighter pilot how to fly a demonstration. Like, yeah. you know, I didn't go to any kind of formal training. So, um, so yeah, that to, to your point there, yeah, we're sitting in the brief like on Saturday and I was asking Mike for some tips on the vertical 540 and how to fly that little cleaner and a little snappier. And, um, and, and it's just cool to see like, man, that, they could not fly a more different airplane as far as like size performance capabilities and the types of aerobatics they do or in the, you know, the A-10 I do very, you know, it's basically churched up super decathlon type aerobatics in it. You know, it's very, you know, Cuban eight and split S and, you know, half reverse Cuban and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, it's, it's nothing close to what they, they do in their airplanes, but, um, but you can just, yeah, those, those guys are a great, a great resource. And they've, they've helped me a number of times on the road uh, with different stuff for sure. And that, yeah, what's crazy with them too, is like their flying is, is beyond impressive, but a lot of people don't know that their intelligence on critiquing and teaching and, and how to make an airplane do certain things is, is better than their flying. I mean, Rob in particular, it's, an, it's out of this world. Yeah. It's just out of control. I mean, I did a yeah. training camp with him and like, and, and not like obvious stuff that anybody could pick apart. He was just like little stuff that nobody could see. And then, yep. and then he'll tell you how to fix it too, that nobody else really knows how to fix. And, and he'll just be like, do this, this, this. And I was just like, Oh man, it's just like, it's just on another, another chromosome, another level. You know? it's, it's exactly. Cause especially, you know, Rob's just such a, such a kind and, 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 and he's just so mild mannered and kind of a man, a few words. And, uh, but then you can tell exactly to your point, you know, if you ask him a question, and he answers it so articulately. You're like, oh, dude, I just like you can tell, like, I have just scratched the surface with this guy. Like, he <laughs> yeah. is, he yeah. is so he is so brilliant with when it comes to doing exactly this. Like, um, yeah, the, the stuff I'm asking him, you know, I, I recognize like I'm asking him like day one stuff, like very day one stuff. For and, him, you, and you know, what's he's, like on, a, he's on a total different level. Yeah. Yeah. And what's really great about Rob, I haven't trained with Mike, but with Rob, um, he, he knows how to teach or like how to, how to relay information. Like some people are just incredible at certain things, but they can't teach. And, yeah, um, no doubt. but he has a way of like, of, of giving you the information in a, in a manner that's specifically good for you. 
You know what I mean? Because exactly. I've, I've seen him critique and teach others while we were there. And like, it's just different verbiage and different, different types of communication he gives to each individual. And it's, it's, it's like one of these things where it's like, yeah, his flying is, is on his next level. But like a lot of people, I don't know, whatever percentage, like 0.01% people know probably how, how, uh, how great of a coach he is. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. I'll also add both, both of them are like, like thinking about you asking Mike Gulling for advice. I both Rob and Mike are probably, they're, they're so cool that they are probably as much as you're geeking out, they're geeking out. That's how cool they are. It's like, you know, well, I'll I'll pretend that is really, really amazing stuff. Yeah, I think honestly, I think it is. I think it is. They, they both love aviation. They're super, super geeky when it comes to aviation and like, um, and, and they have cool no, is that to have an A10 pilot. They have no ego Ask too, you. which is, is equally no. impressive. You know? No, you're exactly right. I think that's one of the coolest things. Is just is like, you know, just how invite. Yeah, I keep saying it, just how inviting of people they are and their their the folks they travel with. And and I mean, it doesn't even. It's not even them. You know, it's and I brought up Mike Wiskus either earlier. You know, he's another one. Just super super cool. Matt Yonkin, another cool guy. Just unbelievably yeah, capable legendary. in an airplane that's not made not made to do aerobatics at all. And you see him out there put doing what he does or the, um, there's just a lot of, yeah, just, just unbelievably cool resources. And that's what I try and stress like with my own family and stuff is like, dude, this is like me getting the chance to get coached by like insert legendary athlete in any other sport here. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm literally getting quarterback coaching from Peyton Manning with, you know, just like little tidbits here and there, you know, not nothing formal, but just to be able to, you know, I, I just feel like there's a lot of folks or in, in a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of different types of events or types of, you know, whatever your specialty or background might be, where a lot of folks wouldn't be near as approachable. Like you're as, you're as, as uh, elite as they are, yet they're still super approachable and have no problem with me walking up and be like, hey, I've got another dumb question for you about <laughs> blah. And, and there's, like, oh yeah, man, no problem. Absolutely. And they're, they're just, um, can't say enough great things about about a lot of uh, any of those any of those guys. There. Yeah, uh, it's super cool to watch. No, fly, tried, super I, cool to learn from. Yeah, I tried to explain it to my wife too, and I'm like, imagine you can go to like any music concert with your favorite, you know, singer or whatever, and just like in between songs, you could just go up to them and be like, hey, so like I was thinking like of writing a song on this. Like, what do you think about this? <laughs> yes, yeah, that's ex- that's a, it's a great analogy. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's so it's, cool. It's just, it's, yeah, it's like the coolest resource possible. And I always, I always joke with, uh, with Rob too. He's like, I, you know, again, I have no competition aerobatic background. I don't speak that language at all. And I recognize that, but I do like airplanes and I know quite a bit about airplanes and I know what airplanes are supposed to do. And I always tell him, I'm like, man, you're one of the few people that makes me just feel like an idiot trying to explain flying to somebody because because he'll do something in his airplane and I'll like make a mental note of it. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, like obviously no way I could ever do that in an A-10, but I want to know like, how do you do that in an airplane? Like I don't get it. And then he'll land and I'll yeah. like, all right, man, I've got one question. There was a thing where you were going like left to right and you're kind of climbing and you were also rolling and tumbling. And then you, went down or something. I'm like, Oh my God, I sound like an idiot. Like I'd sound like I have no <laughs> idea what I'm talking about with an airplane. And he'll just shrug his shoulders and be like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about either. I'm like, yeah, I know you don't because I don't know how to describe it. Like, yeah. So it's, it, it's just un, unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable. What, what, yeah. 
those those guys do in an airplane. Super, super cool. And it's pretty cool too, because now like you made friends and everything like that. Um, you know, I heard you mentioned that you got a son. You know, now with like going after your tours and, and everything like that or going to a local air show when, you know, when you're not the demo pilot, like at least you get to like say hi and, and reconvene and, and maybe grab grab a beer or something like that with these guys. You know? No doubt. And, yeah, uh, I, I certainly hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. How old is your uh, your boy? Uh he'll be five next month. What's that? He'll be five five years old next month. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So he's starting to like really yeah, understand age. airplanes and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean he we he's gone to a couple shows that I'm flying in and stuff, but it's uh you know, he's he's kind of desensitized to all things A ten and like military aviation. Like he's way more interested. I always joke. He's way more interested in like the fire truck that's there for crash fire rescue, or he's way more interested <laughs> in the in the the tug that's out there pulling the big airplanes around or something. He loves that stuff. When he's just like, oh, there's, yeah, yeah. you know, wow, well, yeah, there's, there's daddy's A10, whatever, that's lame. Yeah. Uh, I want to go see what that truck's <laughs> all about. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> so he keeps, he keeps me a, humble. Yeah. Is there a favorite air show that, I mean, I know all the shows are special, but is there one that you particularly look forward to? Maybe that you used to go to as a kid or that just is like a great crowd or good food or good pretzel hot dogs? Uh, uh, oh man. I, yeah, I need to, I'll get back to you on the pretzel hot dog review. I'll see how that, how that shakes out. Um, you know, I never, um, I just did sun and fun last week. I never went to sun and fun growing up or anything. That was, I always wanted to, I mean, like I grew up in North Georgia, so not too terribly far away, but I'd never been to it for, um, so that was, that was unbelievable. That was so cool. Uh, just to be there and part of like that huge of an event. Uh, as yeah. far as the military teams go, the A-10, we always do the smaller shows just because we can operate out of smaller airfields. And, um, and again, a lot of the big shows, you know, they want the big afterburning jets uh, too. So I, I get that. So we do a lot of small shows. And I've had an absolute blast at a lot of the, the just really cool smaller shows that we've done. Like um, last year, I mean, we did Dalhart, Texas and Burnett, Texas, like two really small shows. And uh, for instance, Burnett, Texas, uh, or I'm sorry, Dalhart last year was their first time ever doing an air show and they crushed it and they had us and the F-18 team and we did a heritage flight there and um, all uh, just cool performers and just a gr- cool community and everyone was so fired up uh, and Texas never disappoints. We always have a fun time anytime we go to Texas, but uh, yeah, yeah. there's been a bunch of shows that have stuck out to me. I mean, like I said, Sun and Fun was cool. Those two were some really, really fun, smaller shows we did. Um, Last year we did Jones Beach, which uh, the weather wasn't great for Jones Beach, uh, but they pulled it off and had a Monday show, which was awesome. But to to take A10s back to Republic Airfield, like you know, we were talking shoot the two jets we took up there. The last time they were probably there was probably when they rolled off the line, so that was kind of cool to be back up there. And a lot of a lot of old hats up there that worked at Fairchild or um, or Northrop Grumman or had had their hand in the A10 program one way or another. Uh, we got to meet all sorts of folks up there. Um, that just had all sorts of really cool personal history with the A-10 and to see them up there flying, they were so fired up. So that, that left a, that was a really cool impact. Uh, we did the Cleveland air show last year, which was a ton of fun. Um, and then shoot at the beginning of this year, we did the flyover for the Super Bowl. Like that was ridiculous. Oh, you did that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That's all all with the, uh, with the heritage, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We had the, we had Steve Hinton flying the P-51 leading it. And then it was each of the demo. He's a legend. Oh Oh my gosh. Talk about, talk about a cool dude. Jeez, Louise. And how yeah, was that's it? another element I completely forgot to talk about was uh, the heritage program. Oh, man. So cool. Yeah. Mark. So I'll, I'll talk while Mark is uh, muted. So every now and then yeah, I'm going to have to like I'm going to have to <laughs> mute 
Uh, yeah. Uh, my gardeners decide to come. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. But this happens. Every, like, every once in a while, you're going to hear. A, but every like, yeah, it's every 10 it's podcasts, we get the gardeners. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it used to be on Thursday and they switched to Wednesday. And I forgot. <laughs> oh, hilarious. So um, <laughs> to be serious with the uh, with the Super Bowl and everything, um, was that like a high stress environment with because obviously got to be there, you know, at a specific time and everything like that? Or did it was it like really like low drama, like everybody knew what they were doing? And, and oh, God, free- no, it was so stressful. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why was it stressful? Just because like oh, man. everybody just knew they had it like every, all the people watching and like you guys had to you had to be there. You had to be yeah, I mean, yeah. So the, the we got up there basically a week early so we could do one practice flight over the stadium. But yeah, I mean, it's like the largest sporting event in the world with a bunch of people watching, which wasn't even the most stressful part of it. Honestly, I was like, I can get over that. But it was, man, it's the, the SoFi stadiums, like two miles off the departure end of the East runways of LAX. Uh, and LA Jeez. does not, does not stop operations for the Super Bowl flyover. So it's like, we're, we're having to coordinate in with LAX. We're holding over Malibu. So we're like quite a ways away from the field. Um, and in between our push point and the, and the stadium itself is a 90 degree turn. So that complicates how the timing is going to work because the NFL expects you are over the 50 yard line to the second. Like that is like plus or minus zero is their kind of like going out the door expectation of like, yeah, this is what you guys do. You know, What's they the just shows deal, up right, right on top. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, well, we're, yeah. So, so we're doing all that again through like the busiest airspace in the U S and then, um, over the Super Bowl, And then we have five mismatched airplanes trying to do it. So it's one thing, if you have a five ship of a tens, all that maneuver together that fly the same airspeeds, and if we're behind on timeline, you just push the power up and it's like, sweet, we can make up a little bit. Or, you know, you're in a five ship of Raptors and you're behind the time. You push up the power a little bit and you're going to make up a lot of time. Yeah. Like we don't have that option because <laughs> and this is not uh, this is nothing to do with the Mustang or anything. It's a cool airplane. It's an unbelievable airplane. But when we plan the you know, you plan the route out for 250 knots is what we're shooting for. And you ask Steve, like, hey, if we're behind, like how much how much can you push it up if you need to? And he's like, I can probably get 280 out of the airplane. And so you're <laughs> like, you're like, dude, that's I mean, and it's like, OK, great. I mean, it's good to know because it's like that's literally nothing on the timeline. If we you know, yeah. if we're if we're five, we probably can't make up five seconds over a eight mile run in you know, just only accelerating 30 knots. So it's a, so now it's like, okay, well we have to shack the timing from the get go. Um, uh, because yeah, you have that. And then on the other side, if he starts slowing down, like that's, he doesn't have a ton of room to slow down. I mean, he, of course he gets slow down a bunch, but just now he, now the other jets are the limiting factor of how far he can slow down. So we have a very kind of a, a fine window of airspeed that where everyone's happy. Uh, and of course, none of us maneuver the same. They don't bounce in the air the same. They don't do any of that the same. So, um, and you want to fly a nice, tight, coordinated formation right over the stadium. So it's like all these, all these ridiculous factors that all build up into this one thing. Um, uh, and yeah. And so, and then I was the, I was the timing guy for it since they're like, oh, well, you're an A-10 guy. You guys do time over target all the time. So you'll be the timing guy. Well, I'm on the far left wing of the formation. Gee, thanks like a lot. So I'm, yeah. So I'm flying. <laughs> fingertip on an f-16 and a p-51 and also trying to coordinate the timing and stuff but um but with a guy like steve hinton leading the train like man you're 
you're obviously in very good hands because because uh, all he you know Steve was just he was a he was super cool and just an honest broker about it and he's like hey man like I you know he's he's flying a 70 year old Mustang so he's like I don't have all the fancy stuff in there basically he's just looking for a you know for lack of a better term he's just looking for a PAR you know he's like tell me what heading to fly what airspeed to fly when to turn what to do and he's like and I'll do it and man it's exactly what he did I mean I it feels like yeah it feels like all right Steve you know just be like you know, push it up five knots, set 265. I mean, no joke. You just, the whole formation accelerates. I'm like, dang, we're two, 265 knots on the dot. Or you tell them to slow down <laughs> or check. Yeah. Check left 30 degrees. Like we check left 30 degrees, not 29, not 31, like he's 30 degrees. So he's, you know, he flies just such a, like such a perfect airplane that, um, that made it a little easier, but yeah, it was a, uh, it was extremely stressful. Yeah. Because I mean, uh, like you got a plan for five different aircraft types, winds, speeds like yep. turn drag yep. all that shit that's a lot yep. dude. <laughs> all, all to be all to be right over the top exactly exactly yeah. in a second and it ended up working working out all right it uh yeah you guys uh, were right on it. it 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 despite despite the best efforts of what was going on down there man it was we had already turned in and we were basically committed uh we were about we were on our last leg to turn in to hit our ip to start the push towards the stadium um, and so I don't remember how far we are. We're only like two, three miles from the IP to where we're like, okay, we're basically committed, uh, from this point. And we get a call from our folks on the ground in the stadium. They're like, okay, uh, they're like, all right, we're running late Rolex 30 seconds. Well, 30 seconds is like the worst possible amount of time you yeah, can possibly you, give you me. Can't. Cause I can't make that. <laughs> I, I can't, we can't do a spin. Like I can't do a 360 and just hold there. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm so and I, exactly. And I'm so close to the stadium. Like, you can't just go wild dingo on the ground track either. Cause yeah, they're, they've have the, they have the arrival corridors and the departure corridors into LAX where they just don't want us busting around at whatever we're at 2000 AGL. Um, but, uh, but that's basically what we did. Was oh, like, God. Okay. We're just going to start. Yeah. We, it, it turned into a whole mess where we were, uh, basically just doing 45 left, 90, right, 90, right, 90 or 90 left, 90, right. Just doing like these big check turns. Oh my God. Um, in, in a five ship. <laughs> Oh yeah, in a in a five ship with five different five weird airplanes, just oh doing these big God. checks to try and make our ground track as long as possible. And That's then as crazy, soon as man. they, That's the uh, worst thing could happen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because where our IP was, where IP IP was put over Malibu, that was supposed to be basically as soon as they started singing "America the Beautiful." So it went "America the Beautiful" straight into the national anthem. Um, so it's. So that timing piece was worked out pretty good, but then it got pushed late. And so I'm just sitting there like basically directing us to do S turns. Uh, now we're inside the IP and we are completely off of like the game plan is thrown out the window. Like we are so off of our plan now. And then as soon as they had called from the stadium, they said Anthem start uh, just telling us like, Hey, the Anthem has started. We knew how long the Anthem was going to take. Uh, and so that, that was the point where all got right in the world and we turned inbound and, and it all, it all worked out from there. But, uh, you know, we were on TV for about uh, a second and a half and at least that second and a half, we were good tight formation and flying (laughs) over the stadium. So that's all that matters. Did you get to go to the game? It looked great. Yeah. Yeah. We did get to the game. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah. We made it there just before the halftime show. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, it was, it was like, uh, Eminem and. Oh yeah, uh, yeah Dr. Yeah. Dre and yeah, and Fifty Cent and all those guys. Snoop Dogg. Yeah, cool. Jeff, if if you're 35 and above, you should have remembered. Yeah, you'd have been thrilled. Who yep. played? Yeah, <laughs> I remember Fifty Cent. Yeah, hanging upside down and everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was cool. It was cool to see all that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. That's really so wild. What? 
What is your what was the weirdest thing you've done as a A10 demo pilot? In term, I don't mean like you know, I, I mean in terms of like fly, like obviously flying the Heritage flights with the similar formations for the halftime yeah. show is pretty crazy. But um, have you done anything really weird? Like where you just like this is totally out of pocket. I never expected to be doing this, and I can't believe I'm doing it. Yeah, uh, I mean that was one of them. I've never even done a flyover for any sporting event, so that was a, that was really coming out swinging on the on the Super Bowl. Uh, so that was kind of cool, but, um, yeah, I've gotten to do some cool dissimilar formation stuff, which is always fun. And then, uh, I think probably like the weirdest one I did. Yeah. This would be the weirdest one was, was last year we did, we went up to Edwards and I say, we like all the demo teams, uh, not in a demo capacity at all, but we went up there, uh, to Edwards air force base, uh, out there in California to, to shoot a commercial for the air force or really to get a lot of footage for multiple different commercials. And they just use the demo teams as kind of the easy button to come out. Like you guys already travel all over the place. You're kind of self-sufficient. So they used us for it. Um, so that was pretty wild. Like we're sitting in briefs with like uh, a, a very well-known, like big time uh, director and film crew. And they have a camp, you know, a phenom that has like a, I don't know, like an IMAX quality movie camera, you know, on a gimbal ball on the front of this phenom. And, uh, they got helicopters out there and all this stuff like shooting us flying. Um, Dude, that's wild. Yeah, so that was like that was crazy. Yeah, that that one was actually that was pretty that was pretty wild. Uh, but it was a ton of fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's probably that the weirdest like one I've done. Yeah, it was cool, but that's probably the weirdest one I've done. And then I got I'm running out of questions. I got the last question. I was curious. Um, are you any plans to get into GA? Um, after the after your uh, military. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so my younger brother, my younger brother flies a tens too. Um, yeah. So it's a whole family business and, uh, no, so we talk all the cool. time. Like, so we're, we're totally, we're buying an airplane, uh, when we get, when we get done with all this for sure. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, I, I'd done a little bit of general aviation flying. I'd not a ton. Um, but I, I, you know, I had my 50, 50 hours or so, um, before joining the air force. And that was really once I like knew, I was really committed to this whole path. I was like, yeah, I'll go get some, get some flying lessons at least so I can, you know, get familiar and speak the language a little bit. Um, but I haven't done it in a, in a long time. Um, but no, I, I absolutely plan on, plan on getting it. That's a GA. awesome. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Love it. I think, I yeah, it. I think I'll, I think I wanted decathlon. I think that's what I was like. Super decathlon. I think that's what I've settled on. Oh, super D is a great airplane. That's what I think. You know, something I can get upside down in, something I can have some fun with. I can throw throw you know the kiddo in the back seat or something. We can go out and rip around and uh, yeah, it's definitely a multi. It's very versatile. You know, you cr- yeah, you can, you can fly around. It's a good like two hundred nautical mile radius type airplane. And see, that's and that's what I'm thinking. I'm not I don't, at yeah. least now. I'm not looking for any like crazy cross country family hauler or anything like that. I just want it, something I can get out and still have some fun in and uh, and just enjoy it. Oh, and they're safe. You can you can fly some acro. You can actually go get a hamburger. They're, they're great utility. <laughs> They're a fun airplane. That's that's what I lean towards. But I'm open to suggestion. If you guys got anything, no, got anything, I think let me know. Super D is the way to go. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, but you can always ask uh, Rob Holland or Mike Goulian. Right? Yeah, <laughs> maybe may, maybe he's got a spare like MXS or maybe another MX2 sitting around. Yeah, hey, I'll just be like, yeah, can I, yeah, yeah can, I, can I just borrow this thing for a while? Maybe, yeah. maybe I'll do that. I might suggest civilian A10. See, I think you should I mean, shoot for that. I'm I'm not above that. I need a. Uh, I'm gonna have to set up a, a heck of a GoFundMe to to help me keep that thing flying. Dude, that's one of the few GoFundMe's I would get, I would get into. Oh, I appreciate. <laughs> I was just that. gonna say, 
Let us know. We'll uh, we'll post it up on uh, the FICO shit website and all that stuff. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, Ooh. that's that's what we'll need then. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Well, Gator, we've like I I, I knew exactly. I I. I Saw this coming. Said, "Hey, you know, hour, hour and a half." But you know what? Sometimes we 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 take a look at things, and it ends up being two hours, and we're like, "Oh crap!" And here we are again. Uh, <laughs> we're, right. we're approaching the two hour mark. Um, it's been super fun. I think we could probably. Uh, I, I speak for Jeff uh, when I say we could probably keep you on uh, for another two hours because um, it's just so much fun to talk to you. Um, but before, uh, won't take up any more of your time. But before we uh, we let you go, uh, give us the plug for. Uh, one of, if not maybe the best, depending on who you talk to, military branches uh, in the history of military branches, the U.S. Air Force. Uh, let us know where people can learn more about you, learn more about the Air Force, learn more about the A-10 demo team. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, for the team, uh, reach out to us. On, we're on all the social media things uh, at A-10 demo team on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Um, and then my, mine is just Gator A10 on Instagram. If you guys shoot me messages and stuff like that, I try try to be uh, uh, an open book and reach out to folks. But yeah, um, man, the, the Air Force has been great to me. I mean, look what I'm getting to do right now. Uh, I've had some unbelievable experiences, awesome opportunities in the airplane. And if you talk to anybody on the team, uh, our guys that work on these airplanes, a lot of them will share the same thing. They've gotten an, they've learned an unbelievable skill set, and they've gotten uh, some great opportunity doing what they do. Uh, that that has carried over great, into you know, for some of them that have since gotten out of the service into the into the civilian world. So, uh, if you want to know anything else about it, you know, local, reach out. You local recruiters are always a great resource. Airforce.com is a great resource, and then if you can if you find us at any air show. Uh, you'll find our, you see our camouflage tent that looks just like our airplane. Anytime you come up to the tent, anyone on the team can help you out. We're always happy to do it. Um, but, uh, but we hope to see, hope to see some folks out on the road. Uh, and we can't wait for, to, to keep going with this awesome air show season. Hell yeah, man. I love it. I love it. Gator. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Gator. This has been, man, this has been so much, this has been so much fun. Yeah. yeah thanks Mark. <laughs> thanks Jeff. This has been a blast. This has been a ton of fun. I can't, uh, I hope we get to I hope we get to meet in person on the road somewhere and uh, and then we uh, we get to have that beer. This has been super super cool. We I owe you it. a keg of beer at this point. <laughs> Hardly, no, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. No. No, yeah, first kegs on us. <laughs> All right, deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, sir. <laughs> awesome, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Tack. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fly Cool Shit. Be sure to check out our website at www.flycoolshit.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and Spotify. Any questions, comments, or feedback, shoot us an email at flycoolshit at gmail.com. 